ever since the pandemic, they they start they saw that was an option. Like, oh, I could have been zooming from home this whole time. Oh, when, I could have been teaching from home, doing this from home. When Twitter and did that, whole, to that, yeah, when Twitter did that whole work from home stuff, it was over. I felt all the companies were like, yeah, it's happening. Bro, you save money with like um the rent, everything. You don't gotta lease these office spaces no more. People, why? Because people. You're making them come yeah. in, and then they, they save gas money. They save multiple types of money, you know. And so yeah. one of my friends work um, thinking that her boss is like super strict with like the. I'm like, you're not in an office no more. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be that hard on your employees. Go get coffee. Come back. Y'all can all watch TV shows together. But did you respond to that data? Yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> like right, yeah. you don't have to be all strict on people yeah, no I more. Still want to be dicks. Yeah, like some people are honestly. I believe some people are born. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are really born to just be like, I was born to manage. <laughs> uh, well, some people got that, 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 that the big head. You can't control it. Um, we, sh- we ready to go right though? It sounding good. Yeah, we can start whenever. Ready? They gonna love me for my ambition. Woo! Shout out to everybody out in the world. This is Sound from Cap Club Ambition Podcast Episode Sixty Nine. A week away from Episode Seventy, and we got Marlon in here, executive producing. Per usual, right there, holding it down. And this week, we have a co-host and also a guest, which we're going to interview and ask him some questions. But we're definitely going to break down some topics with him because I'm definitely heavily interested in his opinion. And I think he's a great, great speaker. We have Ivan Brooks in the building. Tell the people where they can find you on social media and everything, Ivan. Yes, uh, social media, everything, Ivan Brooks Music. I wonder if I change. Did I ever have anything different from that? Was yeah. it ever just Ivan Brooks by itself, or is it just straight music? Well, it was it was Ivan Brooks. I remember, shout out Wande. Wande one time when Facebook really did his thing, and she's like, Ivy Brooks Info is your email address, and then I'm going to create that for you for Facebook. And then she's like, but, you know, this Ivan Brooks music thing, just make it work. And I was like, all right, cool. And I ran with it. Like, I remember fine. MySpace days was like, that was... <laughs> MySpace day when we created the whole yeah that's that when way was different. I think that's when Ivan Brooks music really stuck out. So yeah, everything on social media, Ivan yeah, Brooks, everything music. Ivan Brooks. But yeah, man, the man is multifaceted. You know, we're gonna get into a lot of that stuff. I want to start with the topics because uh, we're already kind of talking in here about some topics and some you know conversational pieces. So we'll start with that way. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. The biggest topic I would say, or at least especially when it comes to music wise, that happened um this weekend, if you guys haven't seen it yet, is with the gentleman, which we in here surprisingly haven't talked about in a couple of weeks, probably since his um unfortunate Nazi um oh, Kanye West uh rhetoric. Um <sighs> Kanye West is back outside, boys. Like um Drake says, he's back outside and this time around is versus the paparazzi. Being charged which, for battery. Yeah, being charged literally for battery for literally pulling a bad bunny. He grabbed a lady's phone and threw it, hummed it across the street. So she's seeking some money. I'm telling you, bro, bad bunny is creating waves, bro. That means it's a new trend. People want to be him. Listen, man. At the same time, you know, I want to get both of you guys' opinion, but some people are saying he's wrong for this, he's right for this, it's expected, but let me pull up the actual clip from Twitter that has now gone viral of Kanye West actually throwing this, and also, you can see in the video why one would even want to, you know, do this, because... Because he had had that first interaction with that person, that first guy, and then... A couple years ago, right? No, no, the most recent one, and then... He had it 
See, this was the second one. Okay. So the first one was when he actually was like heart. He did that heartfelt conversation outside. Okay. With the paparazzi, and he was like, "How would you feel? Do I oh, make money yes. off of that at night?" Right? Yeah. Yes. At night. Yes. And then this one was like the one where I think he was like, "Okay, listen." Yeah, and the one I had um in mind also. I don't know if people remember recall, but back when Kanye West went on TMZ, he literally was in the studio, and he was talking about he wasn't taking his medication. Or he was back on medication. He was like overweight. That was because he had the interaction with the paparazzi back then. That time that went viral when he was at the airport and he grabbed the guy's camera and threw the guy's camera and it broke it. And he got into like a sort of like legal dispute with that situation. He said that that's what spiraled him. And he told that mm-hmm. and he said yeah, that yeah. in this clip yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. He said that he was like to the paparazzi the other day before this incident happened. He was like, "You remember? Um, you, you guys know like what made me take medication last time." Right. This is paparazzi, like the, the, my situation with you guys, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, oh, shit. First of all, Kanye's back outside. He got his wife, his new girl, but then he's running into paparazzi. So he's really married? Yeah, he really got married. But they didn't have a, a matrimony, like they didn't have a ceremony, rather, or mm-hmm. anything of that nature. They just got married. Awesome, like, let's get oh, married. Sorry. Let's do it. God bless. I don't know what that situation <laughs> is, right? But then, this is the situation that's going viral. Um... Multiple encounters of the same day, same area um, in L.A. Here we have it, Kanye West interaction with the paparazzi. This one specifically has gone the most viral because, I, in my opinion, I think this is the one is the most funniest one uh, because of what the gentleman says to him and then what Kanye West <laughs> ends up saying back to the guy. Is the Bluetooth on? There we go. Running up on your kids games like that? Hey bro, what do you want me to do? Is everybody's here? Dude, you you know how it is every week, bro. I wanna just see my kids. I understand, bro, but it's not just me. It's it's a hundred of us. Everybody gotta stop when I see my kids. Bro, how you how dude, like it's like heavy breathing. What do you want us to do? It's a hundred of us. I don't care how many Oh, what do you want us to do? You wanna hear what I want you to do? Yeah, tell us what you want us to do. If I need to see my kids without oh. you photographing. Okay. You can't go home and see them? What kind of argument is that, bro? Please. It's called human rights. Okay. It's a public place. Okay. Yeah. He couldn't fight that. He couldn't fight that one. That was a lost battle. Because, you, know, you know, everything, he, I, when he talks, he looks for, like, I'm going to get you. But that one, it was like. Yeah. He, was, yeah. he had to think about yeah, it. Yeah, he had to think. He's like, you. Human rights, he said. Because he did it when he was some Universal show. He was like, you can go home. Why don't you go home and see him? He was like, I guess, but it's a human right. Like, uh, And then what is the human right, though? I mean, Freedom of, the, of what? At the end of the day, we get it. He just wants to be normal, you know what I'm saying? And have a impossible. bunch of cameras and shit like that. But yeah, it's impossible. And then my thing was with Kanye West is this. And this is a message to Kanye West himself, if he's watching. He might never, never know. The gentleman be on social media. Kanye West, in my opinion, you one week, you know, you say you're a Nazi, you say that you have love for Hitler, and in the next week, you get mad when people are taking photos of you, the paparazzi's out chasing you and wanting to get photos of you and your opinion on other things. You can't pick and choose, but then it goes back to this. He, I believe, like I said all the time, has mental health issues and people are not taking it seriously. He has genuine mental health issues because only a person that has mental health issues would say they're a Nazi one week. And then a couple weeks later, they're yelling at paparazzi, telling them that 
I, I get away from me and my kids. And what are you talking about? Like surprise, almost yeah. as if this is his first encounter yeah. with paparazzi, which is not. Has he back? Has he been diagnosed with like something specific, like schizophrenia or like? Because I've had experiences with people with certain mental illness, definitely. And I learned the hard way because I felt like there was something I can say or do to help them. Like, oh no, you know me, so you wouldn't say. It, mm -hmm. But when that taps in. That's a whole nother spirit you're fighting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When they're in that world. So I'm just wondering, when every time someone speaks of his mental illness, I'm just like, what does he really have? Is it just exactly. a breakdown? Panic attacks? Or is there something specific? Like, has there ever been like, okay, Kanye has bipolar, you know, or, mm. or schizophrenia? Because, I mean, those things are... Pfft, Serious. When those things... My house got destroyed two months ago, two, three months ago by one of my friends wow. because he has it. And, you know... I thought I could battle it. I thought like, hey, he knows me. He's not going to do this. But when that thing kicks in, like he starts talking to himself. And when it kicks in, bro, it's like literally like he's really suffering. So when the cops was like, do you want to press charges? I said, no. Find him and make sure he's okay because I'm going to be fine. And he taps in and taps in out of it. But it's just like it's a real thing. Yeah. People are really suffering from it. So with, with Kanye, I that's always been the question for me. What is it that Kanye is suffering from? Because if I can helmet that and say... It's schizophrenic when he has those episodes. I'm mm -hmm. I'm not paying too much attention into when he does those things. But if it's something where it's just it's a panic attack or mm -hmm. whatever it is, then it's you know what I'm saying. It's something for me to be like, okay, well, you know what I'm saying. Like then I'm I'm able to either judge, laugh at, or whatever the case is because it's so deep. Hell yeah! I, I remember um, most recently the person that kind of was trying to answer that question was Dame Dash. So Dame Dash had an interview, and Dame Dash is very close to Kanye. And Dame Dash was saying like, you know. Yeah, you know, Kanye just has help, needs help. Dame Dash was like, Kanye needs help, Kanye needs help. Um, my brother has issues, you know, and mm -hmm. I just, I know he has issues. We, you know, some people know, some people don't know he has issues. So basically saying he doesn't want to take too serious what he's saying and mm -hmm. people to kind of give him some sympathy. Right. But then like you said, great point. How, what is going on? Okay. Yeah. He has mental health issues, but specifically, what is, is it? it bipolar? Because like you said, I have aunts, I've had people in my family who are bipolar damn near sometimes i feel like they're tripolar like they've been diagnosed with bipolar but right. like they have these episodes and like right. these moments of right. they call it manic episodes yeah, sometimes. The manic, yep. <clears throat> and i feel like it could be the case with kanye but then is it safe for him to even damn near be driving because here you watch the video mm -hmm. and it's like at <clears throat> first i saw the pop-up paparazzi kanye mm -hmm. and i see the car i'm like oh he's about to crash the paparazzi right like he's going at them Thank and you. And like, and he's having a manic episode, yeah, like, right? Bro. But no, he's sane. That's where I'm just like, is this like a, you know, financial gain? Is this lucrative? to? Because when when people have these manic episodes, like, you have to do wellness check on them. Sometimes you have mm -hmm. to let them, you have to let the authorities take in charge. Because it's really, mental, mental health, health is really, really a thing. thing. Oh, yeah. So if it's being mocked, that's a serious problem. But if it's really an issue, let's find out what the issue is. So when... Each of these things happen. We're able to say, okay, Kanye is having this. If the specialist can diagnose what he specifically has, then we can be able to judge him yeah. less or more or be more critical. I think that's why a lot of people are usually confused. Some people say Kanye is a genius when he does these things because out of nowhere, then he's like, I'm dropping a, a, a new Yeezy. Yeah. And it goes viral. New album. New album. And it Down goes viral. Five. Down to five. Right. Then all of a sudden, everybody go crazy on it. So that's why some people are like, is he mocking mental illness? Or is yeah. there something really wrong with him? Because every time something happens, there is something that financial lucrative gain cut that comes out of it. Which is why I honestly I stay out of it because I'm always just like, till I can find out what's wrong with Kanye, mm -hmm. I can easily judge him or 
really sympathize, sympathize with him in a sense. No, it's, a, it's a great point. It's definitely a great point. And then also we have the clip that followed at the same moment that has got him the actual legal battles that he's facing with this person. Oh, so there is one now? Yeah. Yeah, okay, because I was curious. I was so curious. this was after that incident right there with the car. <laughs> Look at the guy in the back. <laughs> the guy in the back is ready to film it. Ready. I'm going to get this angle. Yep. If I say stop, I wasn't running. If I say it ain't running. I wasn't stop with running. your cameras. I know, but Sonny, you you're a is that just a frustrated person yeah. or is that mental illness? Like that. You look at this angle I now. Say, I wasn't running. If I say it ain't running. I wasn't stop with running. your cameras. I know, but Sonny, you're, you're a celebrity. Is that frustration or is that mental health? Because a lot of people can say he's having an episode, or a lot of people can oh, say no, he's car. just pissed. I didn't even notice that look at yeah. so he cut this guy off. Yeah. Oh wow. I feel like what do you think? Frustration, Frustration or, or mental health? Because there's a whole mental health society that could say, feel bad for Kanye for this, but that looks like a frustrated man yeah, having a bad day, tired of all of this nonsense, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's really Kanye just yeah. having mental breakdown. There's days when, when we don't want to deal with Ooh, people, I have bro. them days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. And we get judged by our friends and our family. You know, like, oh, mm -hmm. you, you, you wasn't your best, and we gotta write cards on Christmas. I know I haven't been my best this year <laughs> on New Year's, <laughs> or you know, whatever on Valentine's Day. You write to yeah, someone. Yeah. I know I've been, you know, you know, yeah. as a man, I'm going through it. Yeah, yeah. He's a man, you know, yeah. like you know, so we take, we go through it. You know what I'm saying? As men, midlife crisis, midlife crisis, we go through things. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So does Kanye go through things naturally, and it's just because he's a public figure and has a platform to really mm -hmm. do this that we're like that's the thing or, and then sometimes he makes it when he's not going through something he makes like looking he make he makes it looks and, and he makes it look like when he's going great like he's having a like like what does he call it streams of consciousness uh -huh. like during his interviews and like oh and he's doing him he makes it look so great people are like oh my god this guy <laughs> yo like, i swear it's, it's amazing like yeah it's perfect yeah like, this guy, yeah. he, like he's ten years ahead, but then he have moments like this. Mm -hmm. Is someone that ten, is ten years ahead of all of us gonna be really be interacting with people? Out if I'm him, and he's how he says he is in these other interviews, you would think he'll be like, "Oh, it's paparazzi. Let me just drive by them, right. leave him alone, or higher security, extra security." You know, you're Kanye West. He might not be a billionaire no more, but you can still afford security. I know local people that afford security. Like, how can not Kanye West, a millionaire, afford security? But what was it? Um, Roddy is was it Roddy Rich recently when he oh, you saw that? Yeah, right? when when he spoke to the paparazzi. Yep. Right. Was, security guard too. Yeah. Was Roddy Rich having a manic attack? Um, uh, yeah, manic episode. Or was he just frustrated? frustrated. Mm. You know, listen, don't invade that. I'm really just chilling. Give me that privacy. Is that the same thing that Kanye is saying? Give me that That's privacy. True. That's true. Or are we connecting everything to mental health and all of this to Kanye? That's true. I think I think the the only thing here is where people are gonna draw the line is when he throws the phone. It's like, and then the girl. Gets he can that. do that. Yeah. Bad Bunny girl. made it leak. No, I, no, seriously. <laughs> Bad wave. Bunny made it's a wave, it's bro. A wave. <laughs> like this thing is gonna keep because that. It's like you know how when when they say like don't. Don't touch the cookie jar or like, oh, yeah, yeah, you could do that now, like, yeah. as a teacher, right? Yeah, yeah. When when I'm in school and then, like, one kid gets away, one, like, oh, yeah, Mr. Brooks let you do that? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, that angry you're close to someone. Mm -hmm. It's like, what, what do you do when you're close to people now when they're filming you? Bad Bunny. Grab the phone, throw it. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, yeah, literally. It's like, bad money. That's about to be the new meme. Like, that would have been hilarious if Kanye would have said it's that. It's like a new trend online. Bad money. It's a new trend. Ready? Bad money after he throws it. That's the new trend. All of it, like, so it's crazy. Bro, then that's true. But 
Prayers for Kanye. Yes. Prayers for that lady if she's traumatized by him throwing his phone. Oh, we don't know. I, I would be. I would honestly no. Seriously, that's my phone. I have a lot of things in my phone. You throw Man. it, I'm gonna be thinking about so I'll much. I'm a, you know what if there's certain things I can't get back. At least not in the water. I already provided the solution. Oh yeah, I Otter gave box. you ideas already. Otterbox. Marlon, Otterbox. I told yeah. you to automatically have it to back up to iCloud. I've given you the options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to run the risk, go ahead. It's on you. Because Bad Buddy fans, because she her shit got thrown in the water. In the water. So we gave that option. So the Otterbox, the protective case. Pro yeah, Otterbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The protective, yeah, the protective case. Yeah, yeah. I definitely get that. Run artists. Right. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Better have a good ass case. Out of box, out of box should connect. Out of box should connect. Out of box should connect it to to concerts like Live Nation. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a concert with a celebrity, yeah, get you an out of box. <laughs> Why? Because they throw Put the shit on stage too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They throw the phone on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Take a picture. Send it back. Out of box. We get a free promo. <laughs> I swear to God. Listen, man. Uh, but um, let's move on to Kanye's arch nemesis. A uh, former arch nemesis, however you want to call it, Drake has Drake. signed a female artist for the first time. Oh. For those who don't know, Here goes the basement, <laughs> the OVO OVO uh, sweatshop. For those who don't know, Drake has OVO, the label OVO Sound. I think is the full title. And this year, OVO Sound, Drake's record label, OVO Sound, is going independent for the first time. A full independent record label drake so it's not under any major he is but not his label okay okay so ovo and the first release top of the year i believe was the pop can song with drake we can done and then the following month it was the or a couple weeks later it was the party next door song That's what I was gonna say. that we reacted to that one her old friends and now we have a new artist that Drake has signed. Her name is Naomi Sharon. Right. And Drake said that he was going to sign a female artist back in 2019 on Rap Radar. Here's the clip. And, yeah, now we have it. A female artist. 20 what, 19? 2019. So it was already Four years premeditated. Ago. Sure. Mm -hmm. He laid his eyes on her, had her. Sign a, a female artist because um, I enjoy writing songs for like from, from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And I, obviously... You know, I don't really have too many places to place those records, so it would be it would be nice to link with Poor a female, too. like in the years moving forward, and try our hand at that. My big thing would be I'd love to like sign a, a female artist because listen, and in that perspective, when he's talking about him writing the songs, because he likes to, you know, people make fun of him. The twenty one, can you do something for me? He's saying, yo, I want to kind of write more in that level of like. You guys make fun of that, but I do want to write like on a girl on some on some girl right. shit. Mm -hmm. You know how Yachty wrote the City Girl song that right. blew up. Right, right, right. So he wants to do that, but he's like, I'd rather I guess do it for my own yeah, artist. And now it. he has her, and this is the girl right here, Naomi Sharon. That's you know, Nina. beautiful yeah. young lady. You know, she's going viral. People are catching up to on onto this. Like, wow, she's Drake's artist. Wow, she's a beautiful young girl, and her yeah. music's not that bad either. It's pretty good. She reminds me of a. Combination between Georgia Smith and um, Snow Allegra, in my opinion, that, yeah. gives she, me that vibe. She looks like and she, uh, and even aesthetically, she looks yeah. almost like them. Like she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I hope they keep it professional. Obviously, you know Drake is the number one. Uh, well, I think she's married. Ladies. Oh, really? Yeah, because I went on her page. There's a there's a oh, guy. I on better. Her, no, I went on her page. I actually I I tapped into it, and what I what I okay what I liked about her was she was just herself. Mm. I did like that. She was authentically herself. And when you scroll down further, because I kept saying the same thing to myself. I said, Drake. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I was like, Drake. He's in ladies. Drake. I was like. He's marriages before. You know, I, he did. Yeah. Well, 
So when I <laughs> literally like I, I was like Drake female artist Drake. Drake. So I legit went on and I was that was my perspective, right? Yeah. So I kept scrolling. I seen her natural everything about her, and I seen a guy on there. If I'm not mistaken, um, we gotta check out her Instagram. But they, yeah, they, she was in some okay, post okay. with like you know like she has her own life like her family. God um, bless. Yeah. Her. So so which which is what made it more like you know what this is more realistic and more um. Like, it, we want that. There's no motive. Yeah. There's no motive behind this. It's professional. Professional. Like, he generally is exactly. pouring into... And that's why he said, I want to generally write for an artist and yeah. female artist. So that that's why I, he yeah. got me in there. Like, the genuinency of me seeing... Because there's little things sometimes that can have you, like... 100%. You know, like, I love that, though. I love that and I appreciate that, support that. And also, it's, it's dope to see. But then you're going to have some people who are like, damn, okay... But what about everyone else that's been on OVO? Because people always complain about the OVO artists not really releasing as much or not being pushed, quote-unquote, by him. Oh, my God. They always had that rumor, the sweatshop. Yeah, the sweatshop. Uh, so, basically, if Drake sees you as a talented artist, um, I work with so many producers and, you know, writers, and they're like, yeah, we'd be in a studio, and it's like a joking industry as over. And they're like, yeah, Drake sees you as a, you know, whatever. He puts you in a room, and just you just that's produce it. for him. Anything, one of my boys always says, he's like, anything you come up with that's nice, if Drake likes it, it's his. But he'll give you the, a life. He's like, he's like, my boy, give me the metaphor like this. He said, Drake says anything you want, cars, house, blah 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 blah. You're gonna look at that song and be like, no, Drake, it's mine. <laughs> like he's like, no, you're gonna be like, yeah, sure, all right, cool, another wow. car. You know what I'm saying? So they, that was like the storyline of being yeah, yeah. under under you know, Drake's yeah under Drake's umbrella. He likes it, it's his. And he's then, a powerful man. At the end of the day, listen. I guess if he gives you the the, the writing credits, fuck it. I guess I don't know. Listen. Are you selling your soul for, for the, the, the easy life, or no? I'm gonna release this music. The thing is with his artists, whether they drop or not, you can't deny the quality. Magic Jordan is really good. Division's really good. Um, Party Next Door's always been phenomenal. Roy Woods. Uh, Roy Woods has been great as well. Um, I think that's where it really ends. Really with this, with, the, with now her, her, her. Even though she just dropped, her stuff is good. I, I recommend people yet. checking it out. Um, so it's quality. Maybe that's his thing, quality over quantity. Yeah. He doesn't want to flood it, and he doesn't want to make it too obvious because you can argue that every time there's an artist-ran label, it kind of fails or fizzles. Maybach Music, there's not really no Maybach Music no more. There was. It doesn't really... It's just Rick Ross now. Um, it always happens. Young Money, it fizzled. It's still, they still rep it, but technically, on paper, there's not really... There's these new artists, you know, Euro, the... Uh, who else? Um... The young girl they just start they just signed, I forgot her name. But it's not really like how it was, you know, bad boy. Everything when there's like an artist or a major right, like right. public figure behind that label, it kind of fizzles. So maybe Drake's trying to avoid that. What I was studying about it, I was wondering, is is each of them in their own market? Mm. You know? And that because that, you know, sometimes we want to like, you know, obviously with the young money, everybody was on that radar in our urban market, right? But I feel like with all these other people, are they in their unique market? I feel like she may have a unique market. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and music is so, we're, we're in America, right? And music is so universal. But there are certain countries and certain continents that literally adapt to certain people. Mm -hmm. We in America may not be like, oh, but they're huge somewhere else. And traveling internationally, if you're on flights, like when we travel, like you find we discover different music all the time. And we're like, yo, and different artists were like, 
mm-hmm. you know, Cape Verde, everywhere we go, we find these other artists and they're killing it other places, like big in Africa, they're they're in Europe touring mm-hmm. around. And I'm like, so is Drake signing artists that are in, he knows what markets to put them in as well, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Oh, Pop Can, speaking of international, Pop Can's his artist, let's not forget, that's his actual artist, I forgot, that's an OVO artist, Pop Can officially. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely is typing international with that. And Pop Can has success. Popkin's always, you know, been that, big and that last song. I don't know about that one. No. Yeah, the new song was, alright. <laughs> but Pop and Popkin had a big song with Drake. I forgot the prior to this one. Yeah, that one's um, good. Yeah, but so Popkin is his artist. Yeah, that's yeah, his Pop artist. Signed, that's yeah. OVO. OVO. Was that was that the original? It originally started like that? so. It was like a collab vibe. Mm-hmm. They always would say OVO unruly. Like Popkin always said that OVO unruly because yeah. unruly is a Popkin's thing. But now I feel like this yeah, year it seems time. like it's just OVO only under the. Like the the actual so with that was that collab strategic to like probably to leverage him up, you know. Was well, gotta look for that too. Anytime I see something come out like that, I'm always like, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Like, what's Listen, going on? It's, it's interesting though. But speaking of music, actually, let's get into the brand new album. I'm not sure if anyone checked that out in here. I definitely did. Did my reaction. Go check out the reaction if you guys haven't yet. Shout out to everyone that's watched it. Almost thirty thousand views. Little Yachty dropped an album. People are calling it alternative rock album. Now, Little Yachty. Is someone, especially if you're familiar with the reactions on our channel, that I've been very critical of when it comes to musically. I like moments of Little Yachty. I like almost everything about him, but the most critical thing I always had for him was the music. I never really loved his projects, cohesiveness of it. I was like, uh, I never really loved him. This time around, I'm like, okay, another Little Yachty album. Last year we got that song that blew up um the walk to Poland. It was like big on TikTok. I was like, okay, he might tap into that sound. Let me check out this new album. Bro, this album is like the so unexpected, the sound from track one to track 14. Every single song is like a rock type of melody, like almost gives me like um, Tyler Creator, Igor album vibes, Andre 3000 vibes at certain points. Uh, gives me um, that sort of like alternative neo soul because mm-hmm. he even had Justine Sky on it, uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Caesar on it. Okay. So he tapped into that almost R&B yeah. element. But then his little Yachty, so it's like whenever he came on, his voice is to still to even after replaying it, it's, it takes me some accustomed to getting used to like his voice matching that sound. But then I guess he produced like twelve out of the the fourteen songs. He wrote a lot of his album himself. So overall, I think it's an impressive move because it it sold like let's say I, I think it was like twenty thousand, twenty to twenty five thousand first week. So it's not doing great sales wise. But then he just does not care. If you look at the track list, the features are not even on it. Right. The songs are spelled weird, so you can't even, you try to type <coughs> in to find can't the songs, find you yeah. can't find them. It's like right. on purpose. Right. So he's not even aiming to sell, uh, get charted, whatever. He just, I guess, he just released and he said it. He's had his album done. He said he did it in 10 months, but he had it done for like two years. Mm-hmm. He was just sitting on it. Right. And he just dropped it out of nowhere. So now people are discussing it, hating on it. It's trash or loving it. People yeah. are calling it a masterpiece. Yeah. This is the, one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. People are saying like, oh my God, like this guy is like almost on some Kanye shit, like 10 years right, ahead right, of us, like right, blah, 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 right. blah. But I recommend people, if you haven't listened to it, go give it a listen. Because I'll, definitely, I'll definitely tap in because I feel like... I'm, I'm good. What, what? No, because like, he doesn't like Yachty. Oh, you don't like him. So, all right. So now, prior to the music, <laughs> I tapped in on him on who he was as a person. As a person, yeah. So you saying what you're saying about the album without me hearing it, I believe that. Yeah. Because with the industry and the artistry, it's like what works, push it, do it. Like a lot of people, mm. 
they shit on the fact of like, oh, the industry, the record label executive sell, pushes what sells. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Being front row seat to it, being behind the scenes in the industry for a while, it's what sells. People yeah. take it personal. No, yeah. it's a business. It's a business. It's a yeah. music business, right? Yeah. So he's been in the music business, and I forgot what it was that I followed in his personal lifestyle, and he was like, my life is expensive. <laughs> my life is really expensive. Like, I I have to maintain these, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so it's it's, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, what works is what works, but... You get to a point in your lifestyle where you're like, okay, bills are covered. Like I'm situated. Like I'm good. You mm-hmm. know what? Like let me, let me do what I want to do. Let yeah, me yeah. create this, and you know, labels gonna fund. You know, whatever the case is. So I feel like he may have tapped into his Beethoven and orchestrated something that's him, and that's it releasing is. it the way he wanted to is all part of that formula of this is who I am, and this is gonna work. Because now, if it works, you know, with anything, if it works, yeah. Yeah. Everything. If it doesn't work, he's like, well, at least I got that out. Because at yeah. the end of the day, like... He's not relying on it for money. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, bro, no matter what what you're doing in life, you're going to have to get yourself out. You're going to have to... Who you truly are. Yeah. That's why... And, and a lot of people go so long and they feel so trapped, which is why they come on, like, blogs and they're, you know, we call it, like, outbursts and stuff. And they're like, you know what? I hate the industry. I hate this. And, and I've sold my soul and I'm tired. I'm quitting music. I'm retired. That's where it comes from. Yeah. When people throw that, like I'm retired because they never got to really let themselves out. I personally know what that feels like. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's success for him. Hell yeah. That is success. He's like, I truly got me out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? So I feel like us not liking it or not, I don't think he cares. That's why no, like no, you no, said, no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. I said that in a reaction too. I was like, um, I literally said that same thing you just said. I was like, after this was the, I think that was the first, the second song. I was, I said in the reaction, I'm like, to be honest, guys, I'm like, I think that he's not even gonna care if we like this. <laughs> Literally, I could just tell him like, this guy's just doing this shit like to, because he wanted to fucking yeah, do it. Yeah, And it comes out, he says it online. He, tw- I think he tweeted it. And he was like, yeah, this, I've been doing this, this, I just did it because I want to do it. I had this album for two years. I just dropped it. And I'm like, okay. And that's a blessing for it him. It makes sense. Oh, this man. guy could do that because he makes his, he has his nail polish line. Yeah. He was like the face of Sprite or something right. at one point. Right. He always had like a brand deal. He was always like the brand child of oh, hip hop. Yeah. Like he's, they always put him he's somewhere. He's a cool character, bro. Yeah. yeah. And that's cool what character. I, and that's what I've always followed. I've always yeah. followed him. He's and a cool genuinely character. Genuinely who he is. I, I fuck with like, like him as a human being and stuff like that. I just don't like his music. That's yeah. why, no, that's no, why no. I might actually tap into this music because now I really want to see the him. Yeah, and then that's the thing with this one, because I'm even kind of shocked that it's sold so low, but I'm like, I mean, fuck it, it's not meant to sell, but at the same time, I do want people to check it out, because even if you hate it, check it out, because like, it's so interesting how he even did this shit, I'm like, this guy, especially top of the year, like, to start the year like this is like such a, f- like, oh, curveball to the industry, mm. but there we have it, Little Yachty's new album, they're calling it Alternative Rock. Whatever you guys want to call it, give it a listen and then share your opinion afterwards. Why is everyone loving it? Why is everyone hating it? Share your opinion. Comment down below. Now, speaking of, oh, we can keep it on music real quick. So shout out to uh, DR right now. It's turned up. It's on fire because of the news that broke between Rochi and Alpha. These are the two biggest artists in DR right now when it comes to dembow music, street music, uh, hip hop, Spanish hip hop. And they've reunited, so shout out to them. They've ended the potential tension that there was for some violence to happen or, you know, drama to ensue. They have ended it fully, and people are shocked, surprised, because it kind of came out of nowhere. But it's a beautiful thing. They have a new song that just dropped. It's okay. But I think we're going to get more music from them, and it's a big moment uh, for DR right now because... We thought that this was gonna go south. You know, it was almost similar to like um, I said earlier. When it comes to their ranks, 
uh, Rochi's like Future and Alfa's like Drake. But when it comes to tension and beef wise, it was almost like who had like major tension? It was a Fifty Cent with um. <coughs> if we want to go as far as like East Coast West Coast. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that was big, right? Biggie and Pac type vibe. Biggie and Pac. Yeah. Did they did they want to get along? Or was this always? Yeah, so I'm not thing. tapped into so that's like the thing. knowing. Big and Pac, they once got along, right? Yeah. But with so did them, these guys? They never really ever meshed or got into each other's worlds or uh, never been around each other. So they never were. Ever so really it was cool. always like it was always like, you know, maintain sight. your distance, and then eventually it got more smoke and more beef. But now it's fully ended, and let's hope it stays that way. Because that's right, the thing with DR right. artists, they get too weird. They might uh, do some shit for clout. You know, we want positivity for clout. In the music video, actually, they had a budget of six million pesos, which is like a hundred thousand dollars in American kind of converted. Mm. Instead of <coughs> using it for the video, they just gave it away to people in the hood. So the whole video, the video. yeah, the whole video is so like that Drake away. video, like yeah, Drake, like God's plan, God's plan. Okay. So people are like, oh, commending them for doing that. Like, okay, they're on some dope positive shit even together. Like, we want to see that happen, but. Yeah, man. Congratulations and shout out to them. I just wanted definitely to mention that because that's definitely a historic moment for DR music. And, you know, people always kind of spoke about the tension and now it's deaded. For now. You know, might see some shit happen uh, next week. Some, or It might be a new crew pickup. Like, okay, since their beef is, let's, now yeah, let's, yeah. it's our turn. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's time for the spotlight. But speaking of disputes, uh, we have this legal dispute that has happened right now. has gone viral. And in my opinion, long overdue. So we have Nike literally filing a lawsuit against Bape for Bape copying their designs. I thought this was funny. Man, Nike Inc. versus US Ape LLC. Literally, it's a case out of the court in New York that's currently happening. And if you look at the actual evidence that they provided, obviously, it's a situation that makes sense. All right. You know, you're looking at the classic low-top Air Forces. They convert that into the Bapestas. And then they had a, a mid-model. It's just a Bapesta mid. You know, they had the the high. They had all different renditions of just the Nike designs. And some people were like, you know, long overdue. They're mad late with it. 5,000 years later. But, yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. It's like they, they, they could do it whenever they want to do it. As far as the suit-wise? like Yeah, suing? because yeah, cause Bape did this in 2000. Right. So it's, I remember. Yeah. I thought it was a collab. That's what a lot of people yeah, thought. Yeah, I thought it was a collab. Because it was yeah. so spot on. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, maybe, okay. And then people were buying them instead of Air Force because they thought it was a collab. And right. like, they look alike, the same quality vibe. And then 23 years later, Nike is now dropping the lawsuit on them. This is coming off their, after there was a lawsuit last month against Cool Kai. Cool Kai is a black uh, creator, owner. He has that sneaker that's like a Jordan 1. Mm -hmm. has like a lightning bolt and has been popping, reselling. It's like a $300 retail. Mm -hmm. He got hit with a lawsuit after almost a year of making designs, different colorways, and then people so were like... Guy. Is it that cool? Is it that cool Kai, you probably see this page. He's huge. But he came from the resale world, so he had that resale like, market that's and it, yeah, following. Yeah. So people always appreciated and respected him, especially out of New York. He's a major big-time hustler. Shout out to him. I, I, I really fuck with him. But then he got hit with that situation now. They're trying to figure that out, that legal situation, which is bound to happen because people were like, these are just fake ones. Like, what's going on? But it's that bootleg culture because bootleg is not necessarily fake. People like the bootleg vibes because it's almost like a custom. Especially Cool Kai, he was doing colorways that Nike never did for the ones. So people were like, I'd rather buy these because I'm going to get these colorways that Nike's never going to drop. And now... What's his logo? I want to... His the logo same is guy. like a lightning bolt. It's the same guy that, that you're talking about because I follow him too. 
It's like a lightning bolt, uh, and it's more like a. I'll actually pull it up right here to actually look at it for reference. Uh, the cool guys, right there. The lightning bolt. Okay. All right. Almost, okay. and to be honest, almost similar to Bape because Bape also has that lightning bolt, but Bape just has the the star in the middle. There's another sneaker designer. I'll, I'll show you him later. But yeah, Cool Kai, that, that's extremely similar to Cool Kai. Yeah, yeah. There's another guy. Extremely, that's extreme. I think yeah. It's also a, a, a thunderbolt. Are you probably talking about Omni Hellcat? Omni, Omni I, Hellcat. I got, I got to remember his name. Because the guy that, that he had beef with, Omni yeah, Hellcat, as a YouTuber. Yeah, but yeah. you know, my thing here's my thing too, right? So for example, BMW, Mercedes, you know, like all these companies, right? There's like the model of the car, and I swear, like the emblems get stamped on, like, <laughs> like literally, right? So well, who, there's who, been cases of rebranding. Yeah, you, you know, rebranding. So okay, you design is like, are you selling it? Like, you know, is there a way where companies can come to you and say, look, you did the blueprint of whatever the case is, you then create that market silverware. because it's so hard. Sneakers, yeah. like you have to, and the guy I'm talking about actually has designs of sneakers like i have to find his name but he has different shapes and designs of sneakers that he's creating etc but like when you really look at urban streetwear whatever the case is the the blueprint of it is what mm -hmm. yeah what do you really is have it, to um there's a guy that suk sukai suk suk sukai so yeah i think so it stands for like he's uh and he's always on there he's like heavy on He's literally like, Sia. it's like, Sia. Sia, yeah, Sia. he's very like, I mean, this guy, it's like, he's like a Nike, but he's like the face of his own company. Yeah. He, he went viral because of his boots. Yeah, his yeah boots he promotes like it. Yeah. And he people were like, oh, he's just copying Timberland. And I he, think that's what it and was. he did yeah. a whole video like, yeah. no, I'm not copying Timberland because of this. Blah, 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 blah. But he makes some hot stuff. He he creates some hot stuff, but there's certain things he's like, yo, you can't yeah. avoid. It's like, dude, that is yeah. whoever invented this part of sneakers. Like, yo, we, we took that. We, we made took that. Appreciate you. Thanks for the blueprint. Respectfully, but. Trying to sue people. It's the off. idea of IP, the intellectual property. If you establish something first, you have every right to, you know, come and claim like, oh, infringement. Like they're trying to copy it here. And that's what Nike's kind of saying here. This is the preliminary preliminary statement. So Nike owns some of the world's most valuable trademarks. Among them are Nike's made. Uh, does that say made? Oh, nice trade trade i think, I think they, cro they cropped it weird but let's say just say the uh dress designs for its iconic air force one air jordan one and dunk sneakers nike has spent decades decades building its rights and goodwill in those designs to protect its hard-earned rights nike has a legal obligation to stop copyists when their infringements pose a significant danger to nike's rights bape is one such copyist whose infringements have recently grown to become a significant danger to Nike's rights. Bape's current footwear business revolves around copying Nike's iconic designs as shown below five of Bape's footwear products, the Bape stuff, etc. All right, the word danger. Danger. Does that mean you're now a, now you're now a threat? Is there somebody monitoring like at what point do we say Hey. Yeah, <laughs> they just want to control it. Has to be financial danger. But that word is danger. Like yeah. that right there. If I was on a legal team or whatever, I'm like, I'm like, oh, we 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 winning. <laughs> they yeah. see us as dangerous. Like we're a threat. Because it's like if you think about it, the babes that ain't cheaper. No, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's not. So like, it's not like oh, they're giving the same quality. Yeah. Maybe better designs for a cheaper price. And now Bapesters don't really sell out, no, so they're they not don't. resellable no more no. like they used to be. So why attack them? Yeah, mm -hmm. but then I think I'm coming down with a the theory because I know more behind the scenes what's been happening with Nike. So Nike's been stopping a lot of their um, 
SB accounts to these local skate shops. So they've been closing those down more. A lot of these local skate shops around America no longer have like Nike SB accounts or they're no longer going to have them in the next coming years because Nike wants to kind of have more exclusivity with their SBs. They just want to do everything. And they want everything to be sort of like funneled through Nike's app, sneakers. They want to make everything on sneakers. You get everything online. They're taking they're taking off uh, the release. They're stopping the releases of actual in-store releases. They're trying to stop that. They want everything to be funneled through almost like what they were they were already doing during the pandemic. And that's what it was. We talked about it earlier right. where people were like, you know, these businesses, they're realizing, oh, I don't need a business space. You can just work from home. I'm going to save this money. Let me do that. Right. Nike was like, hey, these sneakers, I don't got to make these people go line up in person to buy them. I don't need them in store. They're buying them all online. There's more people online. Our app's going crazy. It's crashing. Sneakers is blowing up. Mm-hmm. Then let's end these in-store releases. That's what Nike did. And now Nike's seeing all these bootlegs blow up. Cool Kai, SIA, etc. And it's like, oh, that's dope for them. But when they're copying our stuff like Cool Kai and Bape is, they're like, oh, let's stop that shit. Because this is our shit. Mm-hmm. We can do it. We are Nike. And even if um, we could potentially lose, we can afford to lose because we are Nike. They're so fucking rich. They're like, fuck it. Let's poke this bear. And more than likely, they're definitely going to win. Most likely. People knew that this was bound to happen. Yeah. But when the cool Kai shit happened last month, people were like, okay, we kind of get it. But why didn't you do it to Bape? Like, why are you coming yeah. at cool Kai? Because he's a yeah. black independent uh, creator. Mm-hmm. So this might be them trying to cover their tracks too. Like, hey. It was nothing necessarily against him. We have the Bape shit right. coming. Let's give us some time. And now they're hitting us with the Bape shit. We'll never years. really know the answer. 23 years. 23 years later, we're hitting you with the Bape shit, you know? Well, I mean, people are getting successful off, like, the sneaker game period. Like, you know, like, the, the young kid that became, like, a millionaire because he was, like, you know, flipping shoes. You know what I'm saying? So is that going to be the next thing they're going to attack next? The, the resale market? The resale market. Because they, buy, because they buy. They bought something <clears throat> recently. Um, there's so much forgot. money being made from that. Like, there's millionaires yeah. in the sneaker game. They, they got their own fucking people doing it. Remember the... the oh, that, the, 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 one of the CEOs the, or something the, the, that the, came the, out? The son. Son or and something. And then he disappeared and they... Conf- and then yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He's back at it again. Mm, yep, yep. I saw that. That's true. He's back at it again. He's one of the heads of Nike. And yeah. Drake made, like, a joke at one of the Nike events about yeah, that. Like, right. oh, blah, blah, Yeah, because he had that dope-ass jacket on and shit. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. true. No, yeah, it, it's, it's a tricky situation, man. Business is business at the end of the day, but... It's like, you got to think about the consumer first. If these people want these products, you know, there's already rumors that Nike's already stealing some of Cool Kai's colorways for the next upcoming... uh, Why not? I um, mean, look at it it now, though. Seriously, why wouldn't you? Because they were like, yo... You stole our design. Who's who's your colors? Who's (laughs) running... Honestly, who's running the, the corporations right now? Young people. Yeah. We don't we don't know we think it's still like, you know, someone with a cane saying, Oh, yeah. Nike. No, this is young people. You think a young person is not in an office like, yo, if they say, yo, let's get their color wave. But why not hire him, right? What, don't you think? Why not hire a cool guy? <laughs> that'd be that'd be tough. That'd be hard. Would he that'd want to? Would did he, he cre- did he create did he create himself to is not the go back there? yeah or is the back big enough for him? He might be right. like, Oh, I, I that freedom be a collab type of thing. Look, know. ask me for a collab. Man, no, yeah, we we won't do that. We're thing. Nike. Cause, cause, cause <laughs> We're Nike. We don't we don't do collabs. We get we, it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we get it, right? It's like okay, you know, you took my design, colorways, and this and that. But it's like, like you said, younger people just have when it comes to stuff like that, it just have more appeal to it. Like for example, um, which one? 
The one you bought? No. You no, bought those, one recently. Those are, those are tough, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like an SB vibe. Kizzos. Those are Kizzos. Those are hard. They're probably going to come down on him next. <laughs> They're coming probably, on everyone, bro. <laughs> you no, going to no, get this. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about, um, why am I blanking out on our boy's name, bro? From Sneaker? Bodega. Bodell Drew? Drew. Yeah, Drew White. You know, yeah. The designer for, example, for Drew. He's he's giving them them dope ass touches of colors and and mm-hmm. you know to New Balance, who the fuck wore New Balances back in the day? You yeah, know what I'm now people are besides rocking. like older white Brandon. People, you know what I'm saying? Telling but you, you branded. Young, young people are fucking with them. He's done some dope ass design colorways and shit like that that Hell appeals yeah. to the young people. You know what I'm saying? It's like who brought was this, was this Skechers that got rebirthed? Was this what company got rebirthed and now everybody wants to get it? I know Skechers, pay less, pay less. Pay I think less? it would pay less at one point. I know Skechers blew up because of Ian Connor. I don't know if you guys were familiar with Ian Connor. That, Ian Connor was a huge stylist, Kanye stylist. He was huge in industry. He had that um, brand Revenge Storm. Um, and then Ian Connor um, started wearing. He was like an influencer. Like mm-hmm. he'll wear some. The shit. Influencers have the power because Fubu, Fubu came. Fubu's coming back. I seen. I think mm-hmm. I seen They're something. Trying to rebrand yeah, Fubu. rebrand Fubu. Um, but Payless shoes. That was one thing that caught my attention back then. If you wore Payless, yeah, you were poor. Oh, right, hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for example, like, for example, now people people going hot with Dickies. Yeah. Them prices are fucking crazy. Oh, yeah, the prices did go up, too. Dickies yeah. wasn't like that. No, no, it wasn't. People would make fun of you because you, <laughs> you were you and you Dickies. Dickies. Yeah, now, now Dickies, on, you wore know? Dickies. It's probably because Carhartt blew up. Carhartt almost became like Supreme. Like, you wear a Carhartt, and it was like, cool. But, but Carhartt and is Carhartt quality, was so though. basic, but it's quality, but it's, it's basic. Quality. So then maybe Dickies is like, oh, we're trying to compete. But, I mean, marketing one-on-one, you put, like, you put something on someone... It's over. Yes. Like, you know, and yeah. com- these companies are saying, bro, yeah. give you 100 bands, throw that on. Let's, you know, yeah. Beyonce, the purse. the, what, what, the Tough R. Yeah. Tough hair. Right? I thought that that thing was super expensive. The, yeah. the person that made it is from the country I'm from, Liberia. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, my Liberian brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like super, I never, I never knew. Yeah. But yeah, what? Beyonce did it and it's gone. Right. It out sells here. out when it comes out. Why? Not because it's expensive. Yeah. It's because the value is now there. So all these companies are looking at it like, yeah, let's get a corporate person to if, to fund it. Yeah. Let's pay you that money and yeah. it'll come back. No, it's, it's it's a it's a crazy time right now for all these independent entrepreneur creators, especially when it comes to sneaker wears. But you know, prayers to everybody. And let me tell you this much: I'll say this much. No matter what, never get into a battle with Nike. That's all I'll say. That's that's Y'all that's it. That's Nike. Um, but speaking of marketing, one of the most marketing geniuses ever, especially when it comes to YouTube, the king of YouTube himself, Mr. Beast has gone viral. Mr. Beast has dropped a video. That's the number one video on YouTube right now, making 50 million views in one day and still going up crazy because he actually helped a thousand people get surgery on his actual money, he paid for their surgery, and he cured their blindness, a thousand people. So now he has gone viral. Mr. Beast is facing backlash. They're trying to cancel Mr. Beast, Tough. literally, because of the fact that people are saying that the fact that he's making this content, it's like, why would you make <sighs> content out of people's never actual... Win, this world. <laughs> You're never going to win. There are people never. that wake up every day, and they're like, what are we hating on today? Bro, what are we canceling? Yeah, hundred percent. They hate it on Jesus. Yeah. They hate it on Jesus. You know, that's it. Really comes down back to that. that yeah, honest. Like it's it's biblical shit. To you be honest. help someone. You say and, theology. And, and, and theology. Theology is theology. more acceptable you, now for you, people yo, to listen to. You yeah. help somebody, and God forbid, someone recorded it. Oh, you did it for fucking for views. You did it because you want attention. Mm-hmm. But you know, the people around you and shit like that, they know that you're actually that type of fucking person. But 
No, what matters is what the internet gotta say. And Mr. Beast, you're a bad person, bro. And Mr. Beast has responded. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Beast has responded to this. Mr. Beast usually doesn't respond to shit. Like he just keeps it moving because he knows he faces like whatever. You're, the most loved people are always gonna be hated, no matter what, because nobody is perfect, and you can't please everybody. Like Kendrick Lamar said in his new album, you can't please everybody. It's true. Mr. Beast though has come out and said today, responding to the backlash, he said, "Twitter, rich people should help others with their money." Me, Mr. Beast. Okay, I'll use my money to help people, and I promise to give away all my money before I die. Every single penny. Twitter, Mr. Beast bad. So he's basically saying, no matter what I do, you will never be satisfied, mm -hmm. especially with opinions, because Twitter is a app literally made for people to share their opinions, share their frustrations in the moment. Oh, yeah. They might even regret it after posting it, but it's, hey, it's Twitter. And that's where you're going to get the most scrutiny on any topic. And we have people telling Mr. Beast that he was wrong for doing this. Making content out of people being blind. Like, oh my God, why would you do that? He's making, he's profiting off of people's blindness. Bro. Yeah. There's good and evil in this world. And evil will speak, good will speak. And it's a battle. I think people try to get in the middle of that. You can't. If a person, you ever met someone that's just like, nah, just like being a jerk. Right. Like, yo, seriously, like, I just like being, there's a, there's a girl that just likes being toxic. Yeah. There's a guy that just likes being the person. Like, that's just life, bro. Like, people try to get in between that. And I always tell people, like, you're not going to win that. Never. My job is to wake up to be a good guy every day. I don't care what you say. My positive attitude is where, then there's that person that's like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to find something. To, <laughs> like, yo, I'm going to talk my shit. Like, yo, bro, yeah. I don't care. Like, you argue with something like, no, nah, I don't care if it makes sense. I'm going to find a way to debate. Like, 100%. people keep getting in between that. Like, he's going to, and that's why, like I said, he's going to do what he wants to do. 100%. And. Man, listen. But shout out to Mr. Beast. That shit um, was a bit shocking to me because I saw the video. He was amping it up for a couple weeks ago. He was talking about the. That he was gonna do this video, like, cause he always does. That's the thing about Mr. Beast. He'll pre-record some shit months ahead, mm. like he's very planned, th uh, thought out. So he showed that a while ago, like he was doing that, gonna do a video to help people with their blindness and cure them, help them, a thousand people. And then the video came out, and I'm like, oh, I, I was waiting for this, but then to see some people like, oh, he's doing it for clout, he's doing it for money, bro. If you really research Mr. Beast, last year he said on average every single video he dropped lost. A million and a half, $1.5 million every video in debt because he was always giving money out. Like his taxes and stuff, yeah. he probably doesn't probably even pay, or if he pays some, he never, he's like, he never really is in the green. Like yeah. financially, that we say, are you in the green? Are you in the red? He's always in the red because he's always risking putting money I mean, out, yeah. giving money out. He says it. He says that the majority of the money that he makes from videos goes back into videos. Yeah. You yeah. never see Mr. Beast in a Lamborghini, you never see Mr. Beast flexing. He always wears regular shit, regular tees. Reg he always is a man of the people. Every video he drops as well, there's always usually a big sponsor of yeah. the video. Get Speaking that. of sponsors. Speaking yeah. of sponsor, that's yeah. why what I said this is a Coast Guard. Yeah. Coast, Coast Guard is sponsor. sponsor. Yo! <laughs> that's the energy of the world. Yeah, I literally said I go sponsor. <laughs> Yo! Oh, what the? Oh, my God, that's funny. Every video, though, he has a sponsor. In the blind video, there was a sponsor of... The actual like surgery sponsoring that so that's what pays for the videos most of the time and like that's what helps him yeah. mm -hmm. do what he wants to do so he's living in his calling he has a platform he's doing what he needs Bro, to do amazing so man yeah amazing man like it's like so shout out to mr beast um but speaking of also big topics in the news the saddest topic of the week has been this one right here um rest in peace to tyree nichols who has passed away there uh 
has been a viral video that has gone around. I'm pretty sure this is not it. Cause I, I haven't watched it. I refuse to yeah, watch it. I don't want to put it. Yeah, this is it, but I'm not going to press play on it. So this is basically the gist you get of the situation that happened. Um, Saturday, I haven't heard about this one. January 7th of this month, uh, there's protests. There's a current protest today in Rhode Island happening at City Hall. Uh, uh, planned, organized, safe protest going on right now in downtown. Shout out to everyone out there. And, yeah, man, so this happened January 6th, and they actually have officially released the footage of this gentleman, Tyree Nichols. So the report says captured uh, the brutality in this video that his family and authorities have already foreshadowed. He was punched, kicked while being restrained. He pleaded to go home and repeated, repeatedly yelled for his mom. After being after the beating, Nichols uh, lay slumped and motionless against the car. Officers walking around uh, the scene ignored the 29-year-old black man. The video consists of three shorter body camera clips and one roughly 31-minute video taken from a utility pole camera, which appears to capture most of the violence that unfolded just steps from Nichols' home in Memphis. So this happened in Memphis, Tennessee. The video shows portions of both the initial traffic stops of the night of January 7th and the second altercation. Just minutes later, after Nichols fled the first location on foot, uh, Nichols required, required hospitalization after the encounter and died on January 10th. And then this was the warning that they were giving. They were saying what you're seeing in a fairly is a fairly significant uh, number of officers who are failing at arrest and co uh, control tactics and making up for it with brutality, said the CNN uh, enforcement analyst. So basically summarizing the situation. Yeah, I refuse to watch it. <laughs> it's one of the uh, another, let's say, stereotypical. Another month in America, another black man dying at the hands of police, law enforcement, basically is what's happening here. You know, we talk about all the time, there always seems to be a case of a black man dying at the hands of police. The unique situation here is that it was five officers and they were black, which typically is not the case. And the fact that they're black is making people think that's why also these officers were charged... Weeks later, so fast, you've never seen incidences like this. It usually takes months, damn near a year. Mm -hmm. Like, it always happens. Like, like they make it like a long, drawn-out situation. And even then, they might not get charged for that. They'll charge them maybe for like, oh, something like a misdemeanor or something else. Or like, oh, yeah. allegedly this and that. They were charged, these five officers, right away with murder because of the man dying literally three days after they beat him up on camera. And it was all fist also. It's not shootings we always see that also yeah, as well yeah. shootings or obviously the situation that happened that went uh viral was it uh george floyd when he was on um, the knee on the back yeah, of the yep, neck yep. you know this situation was full-on assault mm -hmm. if you guys uh, want to watch it in your own time i recommend people I, if you can bear to witness it watch some of it i wouldn't recommend watching fully because it gets worse and worse as obviously as the beating continues but Have you these, seen it yet? Yeah, I watched it. I watched yeah. it. The only, the realest it. one I seen was um, George Floyd, and I watched that, and that brought tears to my eyes. I never wanted to watch man. anything. Like, and then to know that this was like a beating, you're beating a man to death on camera. It's like, yeah, man. Bro, it's because it brings out certain things in you, and like, I mean, not just before last year ended. I feel like I was uh, going towards. Uh, I was on 95, 95 South. Mm. I got pulled over, and um, and it's like, and, and I say this to say. We have to be careful. Mm -hmm. You are never innocent. Just honestly, 
think of yourself as never like my average like my boy like we we got pulled over one time and the cops like you know why i pulled you over? i'm like officer he had to go take a shit that's why i was speeding right so we got away with that ticket so the next one after that it's like i put like you know music and i'm just like vibing whatever but this one i'm on my way to connecticut like i'm leaving rhode island i'm on 95 south and i'm going and legit i get pulled over but when i got pulled over i'm in my mind i'm innocent right i'm like i'm innocent like yeah. so i'm just chilling so I'm moving around and he says, watch your hands. But it was an innocent moving. Like I'm going to lower the radio mm. and he's like aggressive, bro. Mm. And I'm still not tapping in. I'm a black man in America. You know, I'm thinking of my innocence. I'm like, it's me. Like, bro, you, you come on. So I'm going to lower the, I'm going to lower the music. I'm taking my phone, putting it away. And this man is ready to blast me. And I literally put my hand down here to describe. I mean, and I know. You know, in this, I say this to everyone. If they pull you over and moving forward now, it's, you know, you, you hear it like, oh, hands on the dashboard, whatever. But like, no, really, like, put your hand there, don't move. You know what I'm saying? Because literally, I was scratching my leg, and that's when it looked like I was reaching for yeah. something. And he was like, he literally, like, was about to, like, blast me. And I told my family, I came back, and I was like, I was like, I had a moment I'm still shaking up from. And it was like, and it was like, yo, no, you have real. to be careful. You're, you're really... You're never safe, bro. Yeah, I don't care who you think you are. What you could be thinking as innocent. It could be the smallest thing. You get pulled over. I don't, you know, whatever God you believe in, whatever your, you know, spiritual practices. Pray to that. Pray to that. Yeah. Like, seriously, because whoever that person is, if they have a motive, and literally after they researched me and they put my name and whatever, he came by on the side of the car. He, he flipped his hat off. He was relaxing. He's like, all right, drive safe. But God forbid that was at night or the wrong person. He could have just blasted me. Yeah. You guys could have heard of, oh, mm -hmm. Ivan Brooks, a person from blah, 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 got blasted on, nobody knows what God happened. Forbid. God, forbid. God forbid. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I say I say that to say, like, we have to just literally, when we come across, I don't care how tough you are, mm -hmm. what rights you have, mm -hmm. you're not safe, bro. When you see them lights, 100%. <laughs> what's the phrase? It's like, they, we might think, oh, innocent until proven guilty, but in their eyes, you're guilty bro. until proven innocent. Bro. Like, that's how it really is in America. If you get if you get pulled over in America, like, period, like, bro, just just yeah. pray. Just yep. do your best. You know, just put yeah. your hands. If you got the time, put the phone to record and put your hands Yeah, I always record. I always record. Every, every time, my mom or my, oh my God. And do it before they get near you and yep. just literally just, I'm telling you, because the moment and the only scary part about it is you don't know who's pulling you over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could be a regular, happy... Yeah, because that could be a thing. You could be like mad tense, like, oh shit, how's it gonna go? And then a and cool then guy, nice yeah, like, yo, yo, I recognize yeah, you. Yeah, like, right. Oh, you know, because most of like, our friends are cops and troopers now, too. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yo, what's up, bro? How you been? Bullets for nothing. Like, right. So you're chilling. So, and some of us have that mindset that it's like that. And my friends are cops. You know, my friends are detectives. Like, I have people in legal force, but 100%. then, but they always tell you, they're like, bro, I work with, <laughs> I work with people. Yeah, I work yeah. with, <laughs> I work with a, Hitler believe in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I work. So when you get pulled over, you just never know who that is. It's not black. It's not white. It's bro. You just never know who's pulling you over. Like never you're never safe. Never know, bro. No, it's, it's straight up. So like that. that, that was my experience. And that would have been, I would have never thought that would have happened to me. And know? that's, and this right here was a traffic stop. So that's most yeah. close and similar to like a lot of people's experiences. Cause a lot of these situations have been, you know, attempted arrest or like, other things like encounters in the streets but this was literally a actual traffic stop which happens all the time mm -hmm. i get pulled over all the time it happens and then it turned into this situation because this man you know he decided to whatever it was his reason to you know leave the situation try to flee a little bit and then evade them 
they decided to just gang up on him and beat him to death. God bless, yeah. man. So yeah. rest in peace, Mr. Nichols. You know, Definitely. I watched actually the clip which had me tearing up of um, his mother being interviewed. Mm. And I, I, I sent the tweet out. I was like, yo, imagine the concept. And this is just in general. This goes out for everyone out there who might, you know, have any sort of, like, sympathy for this. I feel like people will relate because of the, just the concept of, like, being a parent. Imagine being a parent to a child that is beaten to death on camera by... The people that are supposed to protect us, which is officers, mm-hmm. and then you being the parent that has to live with this for the rest of eternity because it's online. Right. It's never going to disappear. Right. People are going to see this for the rest of life. Replayed. Replayed. And that's your, baby. your child being Ooh. killed, and you have to just deal with that as a parent. That shit is crazy. And I'm like, yo, that simple fact right there makes me like want to be the best parent I could be already. And my son's obviously about to be two. He's not He's not driving or he's not even out and yeah. about. But it's still scary yeah. because you have to prepare your children for this world that we are living in. And, and that's the thing, too. A lot of parents are always saying, like, speak to you. You know, nowadays you say, oh, they, they, the child's too young. No, speak life into And a lot of parents from the George Floyd, parents are speaking to their kids now. Like, you know, you're pouring into, like, listen, this is the world you live in. This is what's going on. You got to. You know, because it's a scary thing out there. You have to pour in. Don't ever think your child is not. Kids are sponges, you know, especially when they're young. They say train a child in a way when they grow, they won't depart from it. That's true. I agree with that. Like, literally, pour into them. Let them know the reality of the type. My mother, my my mother's a Liberian African mother. My mother. So your family's fully Liberian? Yeah, fully Liberian. I I came here as a refugee, and we've watched uh, the day coming to it. Before coming to America, there was a video coming as a refugee. There's this, like, I have to find this video one day. You know, we're in Ghana, you know, because the refugees It's like a family video? Yeah. No, no, literally. um, It's what America prepares for Africans before we come to America. Mm, So there's this video. um, We're in the refugee camp in, uh, in Ghana, and we're watching this video, and it tells you, this is America. And they show you like these gangs. New York. New York. Oh, yeah, the train. They show, like literally all these police, all this. You watch this scary video about how real America is. And then the, the parents are like, you see, this is what I tell you. The America. Be careful. Yeah. You know, so you you got that fear when you come in. Yo, so, you know, that's when they say like a foreigner. Like, oh, I don't want no trouble. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It's not because they can't. Whoop yo! You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, not yeah, they yeah, they can't tear you down. Yeah. That video's in the head. You know what I'm saying? They're like right. you know your parents. So my my mother always instilled that fear within us. Yeah. That you know in this country, know who you are, and you know what I'm saying. Strive above that and stay in your lane because the people that are here may be adjusted to that, may be okay with that, whatever. But you come from that land. You're you're on a mission to. Mm-hmm you know, succeed, et cetera, as a, as a foreigner, immigrant, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Whatever mm-hmm. the case is. So it's just like that fear. I feel like we all need to put within our children yeah. or within the youth period, because I feel like us that live here, like, I may have the police or forget, you know, no, no, put that same fear in them. hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Cause when we all have that fear, we, we have, have that, that knowledge. 
we can move accordingly for our own survival. Mm-hmm. 100%. And shout out to uh, speaking of Liberia, shout out to our Liberian brother, also Quidi Pei, which we had in here. He was talking about his parents as well, the famous, um, he's an NFL player, so he plays for Indianapolis Colts from Rhode Island, Quidi Pei. So his mother and like them, them surviving and going through that whole the Liberian war and everything. I was, I was in that war. Man. So what, I, so, and we can even get into that. So for those who don't know, uh, this gentleman sitting to the right of me. So who is Ivan Brooks? Ivan Brooks, so when you were young, at what age did you actually experience this actual coming to America, being a refugee from actually another country, which is Liberia? So basically, uh, April 6, 1996, um, I'll never forget, I was in school in New York. I mean, I said in New York, in Liberia, in mm. Rovia, which wow. is the capital. And imagine you're in school, you're learning, right? You know, everything's going on, you're chilling with your friends, you're in the yard. And we heard um, someone screaming from outside the gate. Because my mother, when, you know, growing up, my mother was one of those parents. She was like, I'm going to do what I got to do to make sure my son is, you know, in good schools, et cetera. So it was in like almost like a private school type vibe. <clears throat> and we hear down the street, the rebels are coming. The rebels are meaning like the, the soldiers are coming. Wow. So they're like, it's almost like you're on Broad Street and someone's saying they're downtown Providence. So, but they're running, they're like yeah, they're dipping, running. like coming in. They just diff, they're running past the school, and they're like, "The rebels are coming!" So they just dipping. Yeah. So somebody heard it outside the gate of the school I was in, and they started knocking on the gate, and they alerted the school. So people, all the parents, so you know, of course, people that got money, the rich, wealthy people, you know, you know, a little financially stable, they started picking up their kids, whatever. And yeah. I remember my mother was working downtown, so she didn't have the time to, you know, what I'm saying, come get me, whatever. So one of my neighbors. Her, her family had money, so they sent the um, houseboy to come pick her up in a pickup truck. Wow. So I jumped in, and when I jumped in, they told us to duck. And as we're going, we went through, like, a back road, but on top of the road, yeah. you could see the rebels transitioning towards where we was at. Yeah. Like, shooting, going crazy. So it went back to my neighborhood. We literally packed up. You packed up your whole, literally, like, it's like you pack up your whole, whatever you can, carry. So your whole block, basically, if you live on, like... For example, if you live on uh, Elmwood, mm-hmm. right? Everyone on Elmwood, everybody's packing their houses up, like their clothes, whatever. And you guys get on the main road, like how you see in Black Di- um, uh, Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond. Yeah, when yeah, you see Diamond. them on this long road yeah, with yeah. their belongings transitioning, there's a checkpoint. So you had to go through that. So we're all walking, trying to get out of there. We didn't get, we didn't have enough time to get out of there. Mm. <clears throat> the rebels come, they knock the door, they go in the house. If you're pretty, they pulling you out. If you got jewelry, the rule is don't don't let them know that you have no jewelry. Somebody has to sacrifice mm-hmm. a, a, something because then they know you're playing them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They know you're playing them. They yeah, come they in your neighborhood. Yeah, you, they come in your neighborhood. So literally before they come through and you know they're coming through, they're like, yo, you got, you got a diamond chain, bro. You got a ring, yo. Listen, I know you got that car outside, bro. Come on. For the gang, like, what's up, please? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the crew, like, the family, the community, can you sacrifice that? So they come in the house. I remember we was all in the house. And, um, because my mom, I just came from school. Yeah. So we're in the house, and they was like, yo, um, yeah, you got the watch, this, that, and the next. They took it. They took the car, whatever. So then they left us. Someone in the house was, um, someone in the house was like, yo, they're going to check the attic. Please make sure they don't get back there. Because the, the rebels are smart. They'll go and find whatever. So they came. They was about to go in the attic to find stuff, whatever. And then there was shots outside. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened. But certain household, bro, there's someone. You know what I'm saying? There's always no, no. <clears throat> someone wants to jump. Like, yo, you ain't going to do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I work hard for my family. You're not going to do that. But we don't know. Yeah. So we literally, um, we left. 
and we started walking. Yeah. We went from town, we went from Cranston, kind of like a Cranston, yeah. to Warwick, to like uh, West Warwick type vibe. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the Rebels were, were you know, we, you get away further from the, you're, you're playing racing with the Rebels. Yeah. We get to the Freeport, where there's a place we're staying at the Freeport. I remember my last day in Liberia. Um, like, we were laying down, and they said, again, the rebels are coming. The rebels are coming. So when you hear that, you already know. Yeah. I remember my last day in Liberia. My mother said, duck. And we went as low as probably this table. Wow. And that whole night, there was just ringing shots. Because what they do is, you know, out here in America, is violence, you know, it's shooting, drive-by, and it's done. When rebels come in your town, yeah. they're trying to prove a point. The whole point of the Civil War is you're proving, you're, proving you're powerful enough so some so the so the people can respect you and, and show that whoever's in power try to scare them. You know what I'm saying? Like like yo, if I could do this, this man in power, you don't need him. So basically, like mm-hmm. they they went crazy, spraying all night, and we like I mean literally, if I duck my head, if I lifted my head any higher, you hear it ringing throughout. They just going spraying every house. Morning time comes, we heard they're gone. We get up. There's a ship leaving Liberia. Yeah. Um. This ship is leaving. The rebels have to catch this ship before. If not, they feel defeated. Mm, yeah. I got to catch this ship before y'all leave. Mm. If y'all leave, that makes me look like a punk. That makes right. me, my squad look like we ain't, we ain't here to really torture because now y'all escaping. Yeah. Nobody's escaping. Y'all going to either die or sit here and know like we, yeah. we in control. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So before that ship could leave, they're throwing people on the ship. Throwing. <sighs> throwing. You know, because they were, sne- you know, sneaky first. You know, the ship is at night. People was docking. Morning time come. The rebels know the ship is by. So now you just throwing people. I was thrown. I remember I reached my last grip and I got on it. And they pulled me up. And I got on the ship and they cut it. They left. And the rebels came, sprayed the whole place. Damn. We was in the ocean for 10 days. Wow. 10 days. Um, BBC tried to find us. Um, The rebels threatened any African countries that was around. They threatened. They said, if you host them... We're coming for you. So Ivory Coast, Sierra Leone, all those type of places. Yeah. They was like, if you, you know what I'm saying? Some countries, like, we don't want no smoke. Sorry. So we was lost on, on in the ocean for like 10 days. It was sinking too. Wow. So people, like, we drinking the water, you know, whatever supplies. So then I remember, um, I think it was Ivory Coast. That's why to this day when I hear Ivory Coast, I'm like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Those are the good people. So Ivory Coast at one point was like, we'll host y'all, but it's women and kids only. Wow. So we got off. I don't remember if it was days or for a week they hosted us. But when the rebels started coming towards them, they was like, yo, listen. I'll let you go. We did our best. You know what I'm saying? Our government, we ain't trying to, you know what I mean? Because right. they're, they're really close to us in a sense. So they let us on. They was like, all right, go back on, whatever. So we was lost at sea. And then Ghana, Ghana said, yo, <laughs> we want all the smoke. Bring it. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Ghana. Ghana was a, 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 a I respect any, any of my Ghanaians out there. You know, Ghana was a country that... Because when growing up, you know, in Liberia, all you knew was like the war, you know, survival, whatever. So Ghana was the first land I, 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 I got on and I seen news reporters, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the Weather Channel and all that beautiful. I was like, wow, this is, I felt like heaven paradise. When I was in Liberia, I used to think, you know, like America or whatever else great lands was in the sky. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And in Ghana. That's, yeah, yeah. In Ghana, all and Ghana had that. I'm like, wow, this is, I'm like, eh, Ghana, Ghana is a beautiful place. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm happy. I'm looking around. So I love Ghana. We got, so Ghana said they will host us. We got, there's actually a video on YouTube. I just found it recently. Mm. It shows us on dock in the ship. It's called the Bob, 
Bob Challenge. If you YouTube it, the Bob, Bob Challenge, Challenge um, boat uh, releasing Liberian refugees. It's it's on YouTube. The you Bob literally, Challenge. I think yeah, Bob Challenge. Um, it's on YouTube. You actually see us. You don't see me, but you see us on docking in Ghana, and we got put in um, a, a, a truck, and we transitioned to a refugee camp they had ready for us. So that's where my family and I stayed for two years um, on the refugee camp. Um, it's a ship. Uh, like, oh, Challenge? Challenge. Bob? No, no. So see. Yeah, you could put him. Bob Challenge. Um, so at what age were you facing all this again? This is around... Nine, ten, because I remember I left like I left Ghana to come to America at age eleven. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, wow. so it, it was right around that time. The Bob, the Bob That's incredible. Yep, there it is. Okay, this is an actual. It's so crazy. I can actually find it. This is an actual video of when this is the ship. Look, look how many people's on there. That's how many of us had to literally jump on that ship from Liberia. That's us right there. Wow. We, were, we were stuck on there for, literally, and we were in the ocean, bro. Like, I was in that mix. Me and my family was in. People were dying. They were throwing people overboard. And I was literally in that mix. And Ghana finally was like, yo, we'll let y'all. And they took all of us on there. They had the, the Ghanaian. You see the Ghanaian people. They were ready. The military was ready. They was like, we going to take y'all. These were like the certain generals. You know what I'm saying? That wow. Literally, like, this is all of us. Hungry for days. Kids God are bless. sick. God bless. Yeah, so this was us. This is like, real. I came from this, but I was wow. on this. And people were sick, dehydrating. Like, people were like literally dying as, didn't even know that they allowed us to dock. So people were like dying. My mother was sick downstairs. Wow. My mother was currently on her deathbed. You know, yeah. God bless her. She's still alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. And they literally was like, yo, come up. Wow. They brought him up. And as soon as they brought him up, the Ghanaian people were able to help us. It's crazy that I have visual of it for y'all to see what I'm saying. That's crazy. But yeah, so they put us on the boat, whatever, and off the boat. And we um, that's what she left the country with. So some people left the country with a few things. Mm. So they were able to help us with supplies. Like some of them had their marketplaces. So they were wow. able to bring food. So they were to help us. So basically when we arrived, this is what it was. We went on a camp for... Um, Two years we was on a camp. Wow. So my grandmother in um, in New York, she had already lived there. Mm. So I guess the American, I think the American government had reached out, was like, listen, we know what's going on. If you have any relative in in a Liberia that's on the camp in you know Ghana, whatever the case is, request for them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So my grandmother, that's that's the uh, ID cards, or whatever. So they Salvation Army. Yeah. So my grandmother, um, that's how I knew about Salvation Army at a young age. You know what I'm saying? You see how they're scanning. Cause they're trying to make sure you're not a rebel. Wow. Because everybody was escaping. So rebels could have been on there, you know, like trying to, you know what I'm saying? Do and their thing too. Show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some op, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so they had to check everything. They, some of us got buses. I got put on there. There was so many of us. They started calling little trucks, like wooden trucks. I was on a wooden truck and wow. you could see through the peephole. That's why when I watch all these movies or like certain things, it's like, but yeah, we got on this thing and we was on the camp for two years and then they ended up Sending us to, um, we went to New York, New York, JFK. Wow. I landed in New York. And then uh, basically after that, honestly, bro, like it was, it was over from there. Uh, families were like, oh, I'm going to Georgia. I'm going to Minnesota. That's why I knew 
where most of the Liberian culture were, you know what I'm saying? Like, people went to Minnesota, people went to Atlanta. That's where they migrated Yeah, to. migrated to different places. Mm-hmm. Those were the key places. Yeah. And me and my mom, and I'm just like, where are we going? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and I tasted fried chicken and fries for the first time on the plane coming to, like, the real, wow. you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, this is, you know what I'm saying? This is different. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yo, this is fire. So, yeah, we, we landed, and... um. Literally, like I was in, and we was in New York. Yeah. My first cultural shock was put your seatbelt on. <laughs> put your seatbelt on. My mother, yeah. you know, my my uh, my brother's father, you know, he he literally was like, because he was already here. He I came too. Okay, and he's like, put your seatbelt on. I was like, for what? Why I put this? What seatbelt? I'm, you know, I'm asking. I'm like, what? What is seatbelt called? You know, he's like that thing right there. You know, Africa. You wow. You telling? You know what I'm saying? You ain't putting seatbelt. You know, yeah. outside. So yeah, it's a whole nother world. world. And yeah. he's like, and he's like, because the police. I'm like, police in Africa, the military. You know what I'm saying? The Ekamos, we call them. Mm. They got more power than the cops back in the day. Now you know, yeah, it's, it's more established. Though. So when he said the, I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. He's like, no. <laughs> in America, the cops is the goon. Like yeah. that's what you gotta watch out for. Yeah. So and, and I remember that video. I yeah, watch yeah. America. <laughs> so I watched that little Gumbaya video. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's so I started true. putting it on, that's whatever. True. So, yeah, so in the cold air, definitely hit me. It is true. When, oh, no, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, when you, you know, you're in Africa, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. When you experience America cold, it's definitely different. But, yeah, man, so um, transitioning from that, I think, not I think, it definitely made me who I am. Like, you 100%. know what I'm saying? I would, you know, I would that, imagine. So that's why my hunger and everything that I am now transitioning from there, my mother being a single mother, transitioning from us in New York, who was in the Bronx and we went to White Plains, you mm-hmm. know, and people were like, how do you talk like this? And some people that are from Liberia still have like the accent, like, hey, how you doing? Oh, they're like, how do you, how yeah. do you change? Yeah, a lot of my friends I was always different. You know what I'm saying? I was like, when I was in uh, Africa, you know, I used to mimic a lot. If I had the cold, it sounded like you spoke Cerise is what we call it. Like Cerise, like, oh, you speak Cerise. So every time I caught the cold, I used to be happy to catch the cold because I would sound like I was American. For some reason, <laughs> kind of creepy is weird, right? So when I got in White Plains, New York, everybody was like very like suburban, like totally like, oh my God. Like, 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 and that was like, I was like, yo, I'm in heaven. So everything, I used to go to my mom, I'm like, 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 can I go to the uh, Halloween dance? Like, can I, like, 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 like you want to <laughs> smack me. But that, you know, doing that so much, yeah, it really helped me, you know what I'm saying, adjust. And it's like, I'm, I'm good at adjusting the accents and stuff. So I was yeah, like. Because your dialect right yeah, now yeah. sounds like you were born. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. So I, yeah, so I picked it up. I was like, like, totally. You know, if you ever want to learn to speak, they're just yeah. totally like, oh, my God. <laughs> Do it for like a year. So, so what age specifically did you guys transition from New York co- to come over here to Rhode Island? When did your Rhode Island history start? Rhode Island was uh, age 13. Okay, so Y2K mm. was in New York. Right after Y2K, we transitioned. We told my aunt, we're like, listen, we're going to go to Rhode Island and gain our own independence. Because my auntie hosted us. Okay. You know what I'm saying? In New York, she had a big house. Yeah. All the boys downstairs, the girls upstairs. So then my mother was like, okay, we have to transition now, you know, because we're forming yeah. a new life. Yeah, more independent. Yeah, yeah, more independent. So age 12, thir- 13, I would say around 13. Yeah, wow. I went to Bridgham Middle School, which is a oh, culture wow. shock, you know, coming wow. from New York. I went to Bridgham. <clears throat> yeah, so I was in Bridgham. So, because um, <clears throat> I, I went to school in New York and I, you know, experienced a little bit of that. But coming here, I feel like that's when I was like, I'm an American. Yeah. I was really adjusting to it. So I had like the little bit of the accent still, still adjusting. Then the video that I told you guys we watched before mm-hmm. coming to America, oh, Gang, yeah. 
the gang life, you know, kids were like all young kids drawing on their self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, you know what I'm saying? Crip, 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 blah, blah. Bridging was wild, though. Bridging, you know, the kids were drawing on themselves. Like, to this day, me and, me and the boys, we see each other. I'm like, yo, remember y'all almost tried to kill me because y'all thought I was in a gang? Like, literally, <laughs> it was crazy. And I didn't know nothing about it. I'm from Africa. You talking yeah, about gang. Like and I'm yeah. in New York. You, yeah, New York, we bunch of comedians. We clowning and joking each other. I yeah. picked that up real quick. We mm-hmm. roast each other like yeah. no tomorrow. So when these guys are like, I'm like, you big and I still got the accent, too. I'm like, you big, dusted, looking, not taking a shower for five days, looking at, you know what I'm saying? Like, ran the same team every day, yeah, talking yeah. about you gang gang, like, cracking on them. Yeah. And they're like, yo, we will you up, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, so, yeah, so it was definitely good, you know, adjusting. And my mother being a single mother, it was very hard on her. And I feel like that's what really molded me, bro. Mm-hmm. Watching, you know, because imagine coming from that and then a new land really adjusting into this world. You know what I'm saying? Like, and all of us, we have foreign mothers, you know, from Dominican, Guatemala, you know, wherever, you know, different lands. Adjusting to America culture is really, like, now, even now, like, bro, when I was younger, like, my mother was making, like, $9 an hour or 8 for me and my, for my siblings and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, how did you survive? That shit makes no sense. It's I remember crazy. when I was older, I was making 15 an hour. And I was like complaining. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never have him. Like, my yeah. mom's like, "What bills you got to pay? You making fifteen dollars an hour? What are you buying me? Like, you know, she's like, "What are you buying me? You talking about you making fifteen? You know what I used to?" And then that's when she she slipped up and straight up told me, "Like, I used to make nine dollars an hour." And I'm like, nine? That's crazy." And I'm looking at her trying to roast her, like, "What you? Like, you was about like, wait, hold on." I'm like, "No, you wasn't. You was taking care of us with nine dollars an hour." That's crazy. Making a cookie stretch, like they say, you making yeah. that cookie stretch. That's that's incredible. And then now. Transitioning to what was your, you know, you you went through so much at a young age. You saw so much. And it's made you the man that you are right now. But even now, you wear so many hats. But did you have one set passion that led you to maybe your first, you know, thing that you did uh, when it comes to yourself now, who you are as an entrepreneur, as a young kid? Do you have that one thing? Yeah, it was music. Music, yeah. really? So music, 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 music saved my life. Really? So when I came from Liberia, uh, after all of that, PTSD does exist. 100%. It does. 100%. Um, I didn't even know what that was. Like, I find out all these cool words now. I'm like, if you were to diagnose me with a lot of, sh- you probably, you know, I don't, you know, America has a name for a lot of things. Oh, no. They got, but, they got drug for everything, too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, my mother always makes fun of that, too. Like, but, like, legit, like, bro, PTSD, I used to have nightmares every night. Every night when I came, like, war dreams. Like, literally, like, like, literally, I had PTSD. Like, I, w- I would go about my regular life. I would come home, go to sleep. I would cry to sleep, wake up. And I'll go to school and just smile, laugh. But I literally, PTSD was wow. from living in New York. Like, I literally used to shake, bro. Like, I, I went through it for years. Nobody knew. And I've always yeah. been, you know, I say, hey, check on your happy friend. I'm always that person, bro. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the things I went through coming, you know, and being, I was a dad to my siblings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when we got How many here. Other in total? Uh, so, it's my brother, Brunel, Blaze, and then Brianna. And Brianna wasn't born at the time. So, it was just the two boys. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, like, literally, I had to be the man for them cook clean while my mother was working these shifts yeah you know and and literally like that ptsd was everything so i remember one time in new york i was in a basement it was an old school recorder and i picked it up and i sounded like you know with the accent imagine trying to sing with an accent i'm like hello (laughs) (laughs) me 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 you know what i'm saying like literally but i that was my escape i would go in this little room in in white plains in in the basement and i just had it and i just and i remember i called this one girl and I was telling her, so I'm like, I'm like, can I sing for you? And she was like, if you 
ever in your life call me and do that again. I have my brother beat you up. I was like, <laughs> it was like a motivation for me. I was like, I'm doing something. So I kept practicing over and over. And yeah, so I learned. And then Union Baptist Church, I started singing in a choir mm. in White Plains, New York. Then I transitioned here to Rhode Island. And I went to Ebenezer Baptist Church. Okay. And I was in a choir. So church um, to church. Yeah, church. You know, so nice. I, and we lived and it was so crazy how it, it transitioned. It wasn't so much like religion. It was like more like family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I met my Nana, you know, um, Gladys Thomas. And, you know, she was like, I was walking and I had my siblings walking. She's like, hey, baby, where are you going? I was like, going to church. She said, where? I said, right there. She said, where you live? I said, right there. And then she's like, I got in the church. I was like, you guys have a choir? You know what I'm saying? She's like, yeah, we do. And I literally, I joined the choir. Um, and I just kept, and there was a room, there was a piano and that room saved my life to this day. Like Ebenezer Baptist church. I always go to, I go to that room all the time. It's like, wow. uh, I breathe when I go in that room. Cause that's when we come to Rhode Island. That's when gang was really gang. Like, yeah. I mean, gang is gang gang. But back then, you know, the, it was crazy. The, the West side, the West end, you know what I'm saying? It was crazy. You know what I'm saying? So like while they were shooting outside, I used to be in that room, just playing on the piano or choir rehearsal. So that room literally, that was the discipline. Wow. It saved my life. Oh, yeah. And then music, music, music. I got in high school. Mm. I went to, um, from Bridgham, I went to health and science. But at the time, we were in the Fogarty building downtown. Mm. Yeah, it, it used to be, the, the strip club was next door. They got a hotel there now. There was a McDonald's. There was a McDonald's in the strip club. <laughs> they got a hotel there now, like um, right right next to, the, um, <sighs> Yeah, literally. Uh, it's crazy how things change. Like yeah, that. literally. Down, that whole area, it's like we were in that focus. We didn't have a high school for us. That's when they started building new, innovative mm -hmm. high schools, et cetera. Yeah. Yep. So the strip club was next door. We was there. But I remember Raphael, a um, whole bunch of my peoples, we used to, you know, just, we used to do Freestyle Fridays. Mm. We just started, you know, I used to just sing. And I just started singing. And I was like, yo, I like this. I like this. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I was down there. And I think that's when, musically, I was like, yo, I want to be an artist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's helping me. I, I didn't turn to nothing. I didn't I didn't like being in the streets. You know what I'm saying? My mother put that fear in me. So I didn't like being out there. So I literally was just like, I was on a tour bus downtown, right in front of the Biltmore. And I think that's when I think Solange, mm. um, she um she was on a tour bus. This is like, and this guy, remember this guy named Jamaica? He was on there and he and he had one of his assistant. He walked from downtown Providence in the rain with me. And I feel like this is where it, it did it for me. He walked in the rain with me from downtown from the tour bus. All the way from downtown to Cranston Street. And we Damn. knocked. Yeah, literally, bro. In the rain. And that moment literally sticks with me to this day. And that's why I'm like, the path I'm on, I'm, I'm bound to succeed. Like, I, 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 there's no, you can't tell me different. Mm -hmm. Walk, and he knocked my mom's door. He's like, just to tell my mom this. He said, your son, there's something about your son. He's going to be someone one day. And this talent that he has, he's, he sung for us, auditioned for us on a tour bus. We would like to do this and do that with him and for him, whatever. But... Your son is gifted. We just want to let you know that. Yeah. We'll try our best to stay in touch, but I had to come and tell you if you don't know that, you know, it's a gift, whatever. And he, and he walked back. Wow. And that moment stuck with me. And from that moment, I was like, okay, bro, I don't... You I, walk, thought, I thought he was walking you uh, to get a ride back. Or no, 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 bro. He, li he literally walked with me, like, you know what I'm saying? Because I told him, he's like, take the bus. I'm like, no, no, bro, we going... Because all I know, you know, as a young man, yeah, back then we walking, bro. Back then was walking was the thing, thing, you know, bus. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and from that moment, I just, it, it was a journey for me, bro. Like, from the high school, singing with each other, and then, you know, then talent shows started happening in the community. Mm -hmm. Southside Rack, you know, uh, Davy Lopes, all these things started going on. And I just really was like, I was pursuing that. I was like, okay. Wow. Yeah. So that was what really saved my life. Music. Music was what my foundation was. And what would you categorize your, your genre fully as right now? Or do you have a genre? 
I, you know, grew up growing up in the church. You know, I was a church singer. So, you know, then uh, shout out Justin Grams, um, the Grams family, Mel, and all of them. Justin discovered me in that process. Some uh, some girl, um, Cassidy, um, and she was like, "There's this kid. He's on the West End. He could sing, right?" Mm-hmm. And Justin found me again. It was another creepy moment. He's like, "Yo, I want to meet him." And we was at um, what's the pool on um. Federhill, the the Zuglos, yeah Zuglos, right? Zuc-Lo. Yeah, so yep. so we went there. We were swimming, and then she was like, "Yo, I want you to meet this producer." Um, I don't know if you know Justin Grams. Um, he made he produced some records. He, he's a he's a he's a he's a legend. He's he's out here. If you if you look him up, but Justin took me to the mall. He bought me a a tea. This is when the teas was baggy. Mm. Bought me like a red tea. You know what I'm saying? Bought me a white tea. Bought me like the fitted cap. And I was like, yo, whole yeah, the whole outfit. And he uh, <laughs> he had a studio in Pawtucket. Yeah. And he threw him in the studio, and that's when he was like, all right, this is what it is to be from a singer to a recording artist. I was like, oh, wow. So whole nother, and I got behind this mic, and I'm like, ah, I'm thinking I'm in the choir. I'm, I'm trying to give Sunday's best. He's like, no. <laughs> the first song was, girl, I need a Boricua, but I didn't. I was like, Boricua. All my friends were Spanish at the time, too, but I never could understand, like, Boricua, Boricua. Yeah. So I made a whole track saying, girl, I need a Boricua. <laughs> and I went back to the school. I was like, yo, during my Freestyle Fridays, I'm like, yo, check this out. They was like, yo, it's Boricua. <laughs> Boricua. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, so for a long time, in that world, I literally was trying to find who I was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I never wanted to be put in a box because I knew there was a talent in me. So throughout mm-hmm. learning from guerrilla marketing, doing talent shows, posting my face on, back in the days, you have to post like flyers on polls and, you know what I'm saying? Organic shit. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? So I used to do that. So everybody knew Ivan Brooks because, like I said, that was so, so much of my survival, bro, from being, mind you, this whole time I'm taking care of my siblings. <laughs> my mom's working. So this music was my survival. That was my me time. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, school, I was like the president of my high school for health and science. Like, when we, we they built the building for us on Thurbis, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But like, music was like my thing. So that's all you knew me for. I joined New Force as a, a dynamic New Force, like a step and drill team. Mm-hmm. I was a drummer on that, but I was doing all the talent shows, bro. Then, you know, I got put in the music industry. I started um, meeting different people, you know, and I was like, what, what is my sound, though? What am I? Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, you have soul. You know, you're, you're this. Then, you know, meeting people in the industry, you say, sound like this, sound like that, do this. And for years, that's where I was, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, no, I. I always realized I never wanted to cuss in my songs. I don't know what it was. There was something about like my spirit. I'm like I don't I don't need to cuss in my song. There's more artistic way to. And to this day, like none of my records, you hear me swearing in my songs. I mean, you know, we all swear. You know, I swear, but it was just something I was like with yeah. my art. I just choose not to cuss in my song. Yeah, I feel you like put it in there. like I'm like it's just a force. Flawless, so, <clears throat> Flawless said the same thing. We had him in here. Flawless, yeah, Flawless, yeah. the rapper. Yeah, like I never wanted to swear in my record so i literally articulated myself and i was like okay but what am i what kind of artist am i you know what i'm saying and like i had a, a record um nice girl and of uh, value links had simon and they um they were affiliated with sony you know that's my intro vibe you know and um i broke number 16 on beatport mm. that was my door in the industry it was but he he gave it to dj bam bam if you look it up on my roster now nice girl Everybody's always wondering, like, yo, what's this Nice Girl song we always see on your thing? Because I release other records and I take them off, but this Nice Girl never never leaves because it was from another label. But Nice Girl, he gave it to DJ Bam Bam, but it wasn't my genre. It was like house music. This is when house music was, like, ready to do its thing. Yeah. And I was number 16 on Beatport, and it went worldwide. Like, I mean, like, it's like if you ever catch it, it's like on, you know, so, and I was like, well, all right, so my, you know, my boys in the hood, like, they're blasting it, doom, doom, doom. and I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, it's like, yo, you gotta, I'm like, whatever, so it was my intro to, um, to get in the industry, and I was like, all right, cool, 
But I really had to find me, bro. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to sing about love and life. Mm. You know, that's that's really... Yeah, because every record I've seen, you, especially you've posted throughout like the past year and a half of me yeah. following your stuff, mm. the newer ones especially, they they always yeah. seem to be positive, yeah. like that love yeah. and life. Like, yeah, because it, coming from where I come from, bro, like I have nothing else to give but... And I always say I'm the light in a dark room. I'm here to inspire and be inspired. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love that. And, that, and that's where... My movement and everything has been birthed from. Yeah. So at what uh, age or what year did the, the brand, for those who don't know, and a lot of people, especially for Island, definitely know the brand Situated. You have the clothing brand, you know, you know, brand in general because you do events with Situated, but a lot of people know it, especially locally. But for those who don't know it, where and when did it start? Was that something that you attached to your, like, your music as merch or was it something that just happened off of the strength of you wanted to do clothes? Yeah. Before the... Um, before... Anybody kind of like made it a thing about merch. I seen it as like, what do you stand for? Identity. Mm. You know, based off who and what you are, what do you really stand for? So in college, like I had IBMC apparel and people used to say, what is that? You know, it was a clothing line that I hustled through. I went to URI, shout out University of INTD. Yep. Um, you know, um, <clears throat> and, I, and I did all of that in URI. But I was saying to myself, I was like, yo, this Rhode Island market. You know, everybody has crews. Everybody has clicks. Clicks. Everybody has clicks. Everybody is like crabbing about. Like, you do this. I want to do this. And I'm going to do this to step over you. Or I'm going to have my crew that is going to shade or you're not as important as me. And so at, for a long time, hustling, doing what I was doing, you know, I was like, I fell into that, bro. I became a, you know, I became upset too. I'm like, this person is doing that. You know, and people don't, people never, yo, people never want to admit this. But the truth is, bro, we're human beings. The Bible says it. Like, we have that in us. Yeah. You know, some way, somehow, you have to discover that in you and say, why am I disliking this person? Mm -hmm. Or why am I? It's, it's in us naturally, bro. And you find yourself like that. And I myself found myself at one point where I was getting bitter because the love wasn't given to me, wasn't shown, it was given to that person. I was like, yo. That's not, that's not what it is. So the rebirth of that was, I went to a um, shout out. Um, oh my God. He has, he does poetry nights. He, uh, um, Kuji? Kuji. Don Kuji. Yeah. Shout out to Kuji. So, Christian. yo, he, he, he basically, and I, and I made a speech at his poetry night before he moved to Atlanta, his going away party. I went out one day and um, <clears throat> I seen everybody come together, bro. The new generation. Like literally like supporting each other, poetry. Mm -hmm. Music. It was like as if like I was in a world. You know, I, I from my URI days to how we were, we had the clicks, the cruises. I felt like I was like, I'm gonna come out because I'm a I'm a homebody. Yeah. Like I'm always in my craft. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, and I came outside that day and I just it was a random invite. And I went. And I, and I like random invites too. They they always change my life for some reason. So I, I went there and bro, and I'm just sitting there and these these young kids are like supporting each other. And I was like, yo, there is hope. I was like, the world isn't like this. There's hope. Because when I was younger, I travel. I, I would go, bro. I would get on. A lot of people knew me for like being like, yo, Ivan Brooks, Ivan Brooks. I hear that name a lot. Bro, I was a dude. I worked love, at Love for All. My job, bro, like any job I had, I would get on planes to go to LA for a 30-minute meeting to go meet someone. I'll go to like Tennessee. Bro, I would travel different places just to go meet people, bloggers. Like I was just trying to learn. People were like, yo, why do you do that? Like, I, it was preparation for an opportunity I didn't know existed, bro. I was collecting knowledge. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll go walk the red carpet in this place. Like, I remember when TMZ first started. Like, I'm in L.A. Like, I'm like, I'm like oh, this is TMZ. Like, I'm learning how the industry worked, mm -hmm. bro. And just to fly back, I'll sleep at airports. I was literally living at airports at a certain point. Mind you, calling my jobs like, oh, I can't come in. 
type vibe. But I say that to say, I picked up all of that. So when I got back and I seen these guys at this poetry night supporting each other, and I was like, yo, there's hope. There is hope that I can create something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, this is my home. Rhode Island is my pillow. That like, you know, you, people shun on it. Like, oh, travel to this place. I traveled there. There's there's nonsense everywhere. <laughs> there's clicks in LA. Yeah. There's people overstepping. There's someone more famous than someone. Someone, bro. It's everywhere. People always say, oh, you gotta you gotta travel to this place and expand. You live in a digital world, bro. Put some money in your ads. Get out there. You know what I'm saying? There's, it's everywhere. Atlanta people are complaining. I'm tapped into everybody. I'm I'm tapped into different countries, bro. It's everywhere. everywhere. Make your make your home make it work. Yep. And I realized how to make it work. I'm like, yo, we have beautiful people in Rhode Island. Oh yeah. We have talented people in Rhode Island. So the culture was my lifestyle. I said, okay, I've came from somewhere. I've been resilient. Mm. No matter what happened in my life, I've never given up, bro. I was like, this is what my movement represents. Shout out Shirley. Um, Shirley passed away from cancer. So when I was building the um, situated bear, um, Shirley and I used to talk all the time. She was so excited about it. She used to be like, she, you know, she was sick and she was battling, but she made her battle seem like it was like, it was nothing. She's like, no, you know, and I, and I used to, me and Shirley used to talk all the time. And I'm very private with, you know, my, my circle. And Shirley used to talk all the time. And I used to be like, Shirley, you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. So anyways, um, what did you do with the design? You know, how, what's mm -hmm. going on? You know, and Shirley basically put the, the fight behind the bear. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I remember one time I was speaking, speaking to her. She came from a treatment. I said, you're back from your treatment already? She said, yeah, they ended the treatment early. And I said, you know, when you hear that, you're like, it's either because it, there's no effect to it, whatever. Yeah. And not too long after, I get a call from Mike. And Mike's like, yo, Shirley is in um, hospice. Mm. And I'm like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. this is when I'm building a situated tribe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm building everything. I was like, yo. That's crazy. So when Shirley passed away, bro, it just, there was something about it. I was like, yo, like, if you're fighting for anything in life, like, be resilient. It put the power in the bear. 100%. You it, have more of a purpose now. More You already had a purpose. Yeah, but, but now, now it's like, like extra, like, yeah, damn. Yeah, and everybody gravitated to it, bro. And people would say, like, yo, I see that bear. Something, and they were like, explain the bear. Like, and shout out a Million Dollar Music, uh, YB. He designed the bear. I remember, like, and I'm a school teacher, so, you know. You know, me and my students, you know, we were like literally pencil, like my drawing was jacked up. And YB was like, you know, we did the distortion in the bear. Mm. The distortion in the bear is like everything that you've been through in your life is the distortion. But, you know, with a bear, when a bear comes back out of hibernation, bro, you still say, yo, that's a bear. Yeah. You still taking picture of a bear like, yo, that's a bear, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's who we are as people. That's who we are. And my, my Nana has said, this thing is your ministry to people. Mm. You bring people to this together with this. So, you know, we did the survivors link up. Whatever you're battling in life, come to our skating party. Come vibe with other survivors. You know, because it, it's more than just a merch. You know, people, you know, at first people was like, oh, it's just a clothing line. You know, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a clothing. I'm like, nah, this is, you know what I'm saying? Come vibe with us. It's a, a lifestyle. community. It's a you, lifestyle. You created a whole lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? It's a tribe. That's what we said. Tribe vibes. Tribe vibes. Yeah. The tribe vibes. You know, it's a tribe vibes. Come vibe. So all people that were like surviving, and it's crazy, bro. Like everybody that go through stuff, with mental illness, all types of things, bro. It's a gravitation to me. My DMs, my phone calls, my friends, bro. People, I'm always pouring into someone. Yeah. You know, and and when my nana said, "This is your ministry," she that really. She literally spoke that, you know, because there's people that go through things, bro, and I'm able to just pour into them. Like I said, I get inspired or be inspired. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I go through personally. and I'm able to share my stories, bro. When I tell you how many people I talk to on a weekly basis that are like, yo, bro, I want to kill myself. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, mm -hmm. I don't want to get out of bed. 
people I work with suffering from brain tumors, healing from that people, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, and I'm always there, bro. I don't know where I get these things from, but like I'm able to pour into them. Yeah. It's so creepy when I'm done. I look at them. I'm like, yo, I don't know where that, where that God. came from. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? And it really, and I literally like, I'm able to pour into these people with this more and the people gravitate to it all the time is bigger. And then we have the, then we did the situated gala. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, oh, why are you doing the event? Did I say, yo, you know what? Let me tell y'all something. You got day trail. Mm-hmm. You got yellow cup, etc. I was like, okay, so when that's done, let's all dress up in elegance. Let's come together and celebrate life. Yeah. The first one, total success. You know, the mayor sponsored. A lot of people came together. We did our thing. The second one, we did our thing with it. So it, it's like, it's a movement that really represents resiliency, whatever you're going through. Because after going to, to that event and seeing that we could support each other, I came out of that mindset. And I was like, yo, that's why they're like, oh, this person's going to hate this. But I'm like, yo, bro. It's inevitable. People will hate. People will dislike whatever, but that doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. If you could create a movement, a world of your own, we we consider ourselves like an umbrella for different brands. That's why you see we collab with different photographers, different people. Like models come, they work with us. Once models work with us, bro, photographers, people want to work with them. Organizations want to work with people, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not because of anything. It's simply because like you're part of something that stands for something. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the power of collaboration, you know? And it's the power of God as well. Yeah. That's what it, it really is. It's, it's so chilling, bro. Like, the blessings. I get certain financial blessings from it. And I, I sometimes I'm like, you can't question it. Yeah. You know? You can't quite. And, and, and I was telling you earlier, one thing about life, we are people, right? Our job is people. Mm-hmm. God's job is us. Mm. Our job is people. We are blessed to bless people. God will bless us. Mm-hmm. And like that's that. what I've learned on this journey. So we're situated. The amount of money that's been invested in it, I don't worry about it, bro. Like, I don't be like, yo, I don't. Because certain times, certain things I'll do, the financial blessings I'll get on it will make up more for what sales could have been. Mm-hmm. The quarter for the month or whatever the case is. I'm like, wow, this is, you know what I'm saying? Because I pour into, you know, from, the, you know, rent. You know, paying for, you know, the warehouse or, you know, photographers or certain things. I, anything, like, I've given away so many free stuff, bro. You know, and uh, one of my uh, mentors told me one time, he's like, yo, you're going to give half of this thing away. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is like thousands of dollars, bro. He's like, no, you're going to end up giving half of this thing. But, bro, it's true. Like, I invest into people and I'm I'm always situated. I'm here today. Because I survived everything I'm situated. We're, we're now about to go into our next division of situated. I'm here today because I survived everything, but I'm healing. Mm. We're about to launch our healing collection. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Nice. So that's what, and we're going to go heavy with that as well, because this brand is therapeutic to people, bro. The content I post, people love it. People respect it. It's motivating. I went to an event, and um, I forgot his name, but if he's listening, he was battling cancer. God bless. And I went to his event and Delgado, shout out Delgado. Delgado's like, yo, I want you to, int- I want to introduce you to this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm taking pictures at his event. So I'm like honored. I'm like, yo, you brought me to this guy's event. I'm feeling like, you know, like I have access to this. Thank you. He's like, yo, this is the guy that did situate. He stopped, he was situated. He said, you, he said, yo, God bless your heart. What you're doing out there for the, for the young people, the community, et cetera. And I'm like, you know, thank you, whatever. He was like, yo, I was on my, I was, I was literally fighting cancer. And I was watching all the things you guys were doing. You give people hope. He was like, he's like, look around you. And then somebody had a shirt on. And he said, you see that brand? I was like, yeah. He's like, you inspired me 
to start that. And that was the event I was in. Mm. That was for his brand. You know, it was like a Cape Verdean event. Yeah. And then, you know, people were wearing his shirt. He was like, yo, you was part of my inspiration to like push through my sickness to do what I got to do. He was like, so thank you. And I'm in that event feeling like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's little things like that, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. And then also, like I said earlier, you know, Ivan wears many hats. And now you are as well, aside from being an entrepreneur, you said you also are a school teacher. And, but at the same time, you also are part of Boo Boo Andre Demetrius legendary Rhode Island boxer might go down in history as the biggest, you know, most popular, best Rhode Island boxer of all time. What is your connection with him and how did that even start at all? Yeah. So, I mean, touch on the, the education part first. Um, you know, I'm a teacher. I love to pour into the children because the youth are the, you know, are the future. And based off what I've came from and where, you know, life is taking me, I feel like my overall goal is to come back and, you know, do bigger. But right now, Again, our job is people, right? We always look for the success, but not the journey. The journey is really important. Yeah. And when you leave here today, you know, you have to answer to someone and say, what did you do while you was out there when I give you life? Mm -hmm. And I want to be like, I was pouring into people, you know, and children being an educator, you know, I pour into them because I know the community they come from, you know, I grew up in it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm able to pour into them in the classroom, inspire them, et cetera. And we're having a, a youth day on um february 18th you know and i want to highlight this day for the youth you know it's a uh, kids get sturdy they do the dance we're going to do a dance competition thousand dollar for whoever can get sturdy so if the kid if you have any kids that like to get sturdy or like <laughs> to get dance we, all, you know yeah they all get sturdy so we have an, a, a get sturdy competition at john hope black history month shout out brentford um john hope um we're doing a black history month uh get sturdy youth day so nice. anybody that's anybody in the city i don't care what you do if you want to contribute you know uh you know face painting you know, whatever, whatever it is, you want to give back to the kids, you know, come, come through that day, see a youth tap them on their shoulder. Cause you don't know what, what difference you can make in their life. You know what I'm saying? So definitely that education side of me was definitely a, a, a major thing. And, uh, boo boo, you know what I'm saying? Like I went to health and science and boo-boo went to health and science as well. Okay. Um, same age, same, yeah. uh, same uh, grade. Yeah. 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 So he, he, he was, you know, going through schools and stuff, but he ended up with us. Yeah. And, um, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Yeah. Uh, it was Me just a neither. personal choice. Me neither. Yeah. yeah, it was a choice that I made. I chose not to do. But my senior year of high school, <laughs> okay, you know, champ, it's me again, mister. It's me again. You know, Boo was like, yo, we outside. I was like, and I was one of those kids, like I said, I, you know, I went home. I took care of my siblings. Then yeah. I'm like, you know, nobody in school knew what I really did. Yeah. But, you know. I, didn't, I never was in a mix. I was never in the streets. I was always, he's like, he always says, he's like, Ivan was on those kids' schools over, grab his backpack, and he's, whoop, he's out. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was out there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. My yeah. friends were dying left to right, whatever. So I, I already knew, like, and it was crazy back then. Like, street, like, bro, they were, we, we were losing friends. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, the era I grew up in was crazy, yeah. bro. It was crazy. Like, every week, my boys were dying. Yeah. Like, I remember going to my final funeral, my boy, R.I.P. Arrow. I remember Errol's funeral, bro. We were walking to, from the church to the graveyard. I was right next to each other, and I choked up, and I couldn't even cry no more. I was, like, numb. Like, I felt like it was, like, my last tear, and that's when I knew it was real. I'm like, I can't even cry. That's crazy. I was like, yo. So, you know what I'm saying? So, coming out of that, you know what I'm saying, I senior year, Boo Boo was like, yo. It was, like, the last day. Boo Boo was like, yo, come on. You gonna hang out with us today, yeah. my man. Come, come on. Go out with a bang. Come out. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, you know what? Whatever. So uh, the, the Bugatti, the Dominican yep, rum. Yep, yep. Let me tell you, y'all. Uh, 
I'm from Africa. I know about Guinness. I know about Heineken. That's what I know about liquor. Okay? I've never been... I wasn't really tapped in like that. You could see my innocence, whatever. Yeah. So, they're getting nice on Bugatti. And I'm literally like, okay... Was it regular style? Or no, the, the real... Whatever yeah. the realest of the realest, yeah. right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They had a little poppy and got a little whatever. So, bro, he's like, yo, here's the Bugatti, whatever. So, bro, I literally took that joint. They talking about Chase Ass. What do you mean Chase Ass? You know, Heineken. You know what I'm saying? Straight to the head. I'm thinking Heineken and Guinness. I'm thinking that's what... I'm not hip to the Ciroc. I'm not hip to none of that. So I'm thinking this is a, a Heineken, Ciroc, Corona. Drink it. So they're pouring the Pepsi, pouring it. They're chasing it, mixing it up. I'm like, you punk niggas. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, what type of solidity, bro? I straight took that. Straight took it. And I was... Hold up from the flow up, boy. <laughs> Woo! I was like, I used to think people getting drunk was fake. I used to be like, oh, they're faking. Yeah. Bro, I was drunk. I remember going to my shot of my boy Jose. I went to my boy Jose's crib and his mother had a cross in a crib. And he's like, yo, my mother, she's a real spiritual woman, man. When we get in here, you better. And mind you, I'm already drunk. So yeah. I'm like, Oh, I get to the house. She's like, oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You know, she's hugging us. I love you. I was like, I, I love you. And he, yo, my, and he warned me. He was like, bro, I will crack your chest, bro, if you come up here. I need a crib to live in. We about to graduate high school. You ain't about yeah, to do this. Oh, I'm not getting kicked out. So you I was like, literally, so I'm like, yo, you know what? Cool. I get there as soon as I see I go. She goes, hallelujah, Jesus. I say, hallelujah. I say, thank you, God. Amen. I hugged her. And I went, he goes, my boy's tired. She goes, oh, no, right there, couch. Bro, I went on that couch. He's talking to me. It's like, come on. <sighs> Gone. Fainted. Damn. It wasn't even a nap, bro. I fainted. Woke up. I woke up. I was like, yo. Got in the car. We're out again, bro. Like the whole senior day. It's like the senior final bunking yeah, yeah. day. Yeah. We're drunk, whatever. So Boo was like laughing. He's like, and then, you know, he's off. He's gone. He got his, you know, because, you know, Boo was outside. He had his peoples. So they're gone. So now these guys are stuck babysitting me. Yeah. So, yeah. So I met. That's when me and Boo were really that's like. Our first that was our first that, that was our first, like, I would say, like, real. Because, you know, throughout high school, we was all, yeah. you know, shout out Brittany, Hank, Daryl. We was all cracking jokes. But, like, that was when me and Boo really was like. Yeah. You know, we had the, that, that was like one of our real good moments, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And then throughout the years, obviously, you know what I'm saying? We boys community, he's doing his thing, you know, going to the Olympics. You know, I'm in the real world trying to survive college, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, throughout times, and we slowly started reconnecting, reconnecting. He started seeing, you know, we're watching each other's status, watching, like, you know, getting closer, closer. And then we're situated and everything I've been doing, I'm great at branding, marketing, yeah. and just how I move, you he know. always wear a situation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So he's like, I remember one time, you know, Boo was like, yo, and you know, He's like, yo, man, like, I like what you do. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, you out here, you a whole celebrity. <laughs> yeah. I told her, I was like, bro, you a whole celebrity. Yeah. And his energy, like, when we travel around the world and we go to Africa, Portugal, whatever, him, you know, we, like, his spirit, like, I really, like, yo, people don't know this about him. And I got to tell the world this, bro, like, that man is a walking sacrifice, bro. Mm. He sacrifices for his family yeah. and everyone around him. Bro, I've watched him shed weight. I've watched him literally, like, his training. You go to his training, bro, when he's training for those fights, even though those fights might last two rounds, three rounds, bro, he really sacrifices. Bro, he will be in a ring with, like, four different, five different weights yeah. for training. Yeah. The fast one, the heavy hitting one, he's taking it. So he could feed and provide. You talk to him, bro, like you're around him. He wants to help you do good. He wants to help you do, bro. He like, his soul is really, and I gravitated to that. 
that's because man. that's me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's me. Like, try vibes. Yeah, try vibes. Like, yo, he really is a person. He wants to see you win. And I was like, yo. I was like, you're a star. You're not getting these fights. This boxing world, social media, you know, like, you know, you, you, know, you have the team you have, et cetera. I was like, bro, I got a set of skills. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Generally, I have a set of skills, bro. Like, I want to see you win. Just how people come in my life and bless me. You know, I was like, yo. I want to see you win, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, whatever I can do, whatever set of skills. And bro, like I'm telling you, I've been, uh, God has blessed me with so many gifts. There's certain things that I do that I come across that I, I don't even know where it comes. I keep saying this, but it's God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He has prepared me in this world to really, but like there's certain skills that come out of me and certain things that I know how to do. Yeah. Quality is one. Yeah. And I was like, bro, and, and I have my team, my situated team. I was like, yo, bro. From the photographers, from this, from that, planning this, this, that, and the next, your culture, you know, the narrative. I'm like, yo, we gonna, we gonna, you know, we gonna go to Kiberd, mm -hmm. we gonna do this, like, you know, let's travel the world, let's go to Portugal, let's, you know, all this. So it's like literally, and I'm just like, anything that I, that my skill is there for, bro, like, I'm there. Now, if, when you see his brand, you know, his brand from what it was back then, you know, he has great people around him, but everybody has a role to play. You mm -hmm. feel me? A trainer has their role to play. You have the the big big management that handles the millions of dollars and the contracts, the et cetera. Deals, yep. Yeah, you know, you have you have different everybody everybody has a role to play. And I have my role to play. So I was like, yo, let me just play my role. He doesn't one thing about him, he trusts everybody on his team, bro. Yeah. Who's never the person to ever overstep anyone. He is yo, when I say a leader is truly a student, I learned that from him as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He disciplined me more even within my business and my brand and what I do. Boo is a student. He listens. He will listen to you, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, you have something for him, he will listen to you. Boo-boo listens. Like, if he comes and he talks to you and you you pour something, he will listen to you. So he trusts everyone, from his trainer to anyone. Somebody, you know what I'm saying? He's so He's a soaking, and that's why he's great. That's how why he's who he is. So literally, like, everything that I tell him, everything that I say to him, every vision that I have, he's like, all right, let's do it. He doesn't question it. He doesn't question anything. It's like he gives you the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know who he's worked with and what's whatever, you know, because we all give people the benefit of the doubt. They screw us over, whatever. And he's had people that, and he's told me this, We've him and I, we had uh, com convos, like him and I were together all the time. That's like my brother now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and we have these talks. We'll just sit in his in his garage and, you know, we're just, you know, we're traveling. We'll just talk. And he tests me. He's like, bro, I used to have agencies fly me to like L.A., spoil me, treat me, do this, just so they could do what you do. You know what I'm saying? That's incredible. Like, he's like, you know, they used to try to like, and he's like, but I knew their motive. You know what I'm saying? I know what the, you know, and it's like, he recognizes the genuinacy in me for me to want him to win. Because yeah. he sees what I do with everything else I do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm like, bro, you my brother, you my lifetime partner, whatever you need, I'm here. And the same thing, I pour into him, he pours into me. And it's just a great relationship and the family from the trainers. It's like, it's all a team. Like whatever, whatever I have in my side, my corner mm -hmm. belongs to him. Whatever he has, his resources from the bodyguards. So whatever, you know, like it's, it's like a synergy collective. and uh, collect family vibe. Obviously. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what it is. And we move like that. You know, shout out Hot and, Hot and R.I., Delgado. You know what I'm saying? Like I bring my crew Tev and Thursday, you know, um, I like Thursday's film, Tev DiCaprio. Like, Everything that come from my, my girls, like, you know, my assistant, you know, my director of events or, you know, operations, anything and everything, we all come together. And then from his end as well. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a mesh. And that's how we move. So everything we do 
it's like a unity, bro. He's, you can tell by the way, by everything, especially his content online, is his social media presence and everything that you've, you know, helped with that end as well. Like, it just moves. It looks organic. It looks great. It looks nice. It looks HD, you know, and especially in comparison to how it was years ago. So, I, I, that's, a, that's a, you know, you both are, are winning. And it's, it's, a, it's a great collaboration, I would say, you know, in partnership for you to be a part of that. Because, obviously, he's great. But then you are so great. And you have such an amazing, you know, energy and your spirit and everything you've gone through that, even you just being around him would benefit him, but let alone actually, you know, filming or whatever it is that you're actually adding to his, you know, content or just brand. Yeah, because why it's so good. Yeah, because on on his page, it's all quality. I don't let yeah. anything go on that page without quality. That from the you know the dialogue, everything. He's like, yo, whatever that needs to be done, bro. Like whatever, any connections we have to make, you know, like I don't post anything on that page that's, that's not quality. quality that, that doesn't have a genuine. Narrative, you know, because before, you know, we're all good at certain things. There's certain things we're not good at. Even me on my team, there's certain things I'm I'm a creator. I'm like, Ugh. and after that, I'm like, yo, can you can you do that for me, please? Can you can you structure that, make that better? You know, we we could shoot music video, right? And somebody got to edit it or whatever. I'm I'm not great at everything, and I will never pretend I'm great at everything. There's certain things Boo Boo's great at. And certain things he's like, yo, but he has such an environment and I have such an environment where we trust those people to make it. So like the narrative and the dialogue and everything, like even before like certain fights, like I'll be like, yo, bro, you know, like, and I'll tell him and I, and I don't know nothing about boxing, bro. And I, I've always had, and I've always had like, I'll be in the mirror. I was, you know, do my little, you know, we all have our little, whatever we go through stuff. Like, but I've never, I don't know nothing about boxing, Yeah. but I legit tapped into this world, bro. And I learned so much from it. You know what I'm saying? And like certain things I would just tell them. Like somebody says, it's not about knowing what's yeah. going on. It's not about what's going on. It's about the formula, right? There's a formula that you just need as an overall. So I have that formula. So, and, and, it's, and I tell them all the time, I'm like, bro, so certain things even with like the fights or whatever, I'll just give them advice. I'm like, yo, bro, like, you know what? Like they're saying this and they're saying that, bro. Like tell them, tell them what, the, what it is. Like speak the truth. Like, you know, certain, and he'll be like, yeah. Yeah, and then like when the Quigley fight, when he fought Quigley, and you know, I was like, yo, bro, after you win that, don't even answer questions. And they give you that mic, just scream. If you watch it, and he's like, next, before he left. I'm like, yo, screaming that mic, next. Whoever, you know, whoever it is, you know, just call them out and just yeah. say next. That's it. I don't yeah. want to talk no more. They know it's not about, it's, it's about the fighter saying yes. Yeah. So it's about the networks making it happen. So I'm not going to keep saying that because there's certain people in the boxing world, people, there's either ignorance because they don't know why the fights aren't happening. Yeah. But and there's certain people that know why the fights. Boxing has changed. Yeah. You know, being in it for the, for the, for the time that have been in the industry, fighters have to say yes, bro. If fighters don't say yes, a fight doesn't happen. Yeah. You got to open one door that can open a bunch of other doors. If you don't, then they're gonna close all the doors. That's for you. it. Yeah. So now his social media, he was at a hundred thousand. Me coming on board, et cetera. He's growing and growing. I don't know. Half I, a mil. Yeah, half a mil. Like he's, like, I, I don't even know what's the most recent one, but he's going up. Yeah. It's the value of who and what he is. I'm like, bro, this is, I celebrate it to this day. I be calling him, I'm like, bro, whoo! <laughs> when he, when he, um, when he won and he said, when after he won in that video and I put the sound effect in the back and he's like, it's me again. Yeah. And another one and he's like, whatever. And he had a cut on him, the band aid. Yeah. He was leaving the hotel room. He was leaving his room and he was going back downstairs. He was about to go have pizza. I said, yo, yo, yo just for a second. Just let him know. Talk your sh bro. Talk, talk that talk. And he was like, it's me again. Da -da -da. Boom. And he walked away yeah. and I cut it. 100K plus view. 
Yeah, people love that because it's, it's creating it's it's creating that authentic character, you know. Because it's it goes back to the most generic thing that people can relate it to, especially when it comes to sports, is like wrestling, where you love these wrestlers, and it's like they're all skilled. Everyone knows that they're skilled, but what else is it about them that you like? It's not the skill; it's the branding. Mm -hmm. Every wrestler had yeah. a branding right. behind it. Undertaker right. would come out of a casket. Everyone had the branding, or some of, some of them might have a. A catchphrase, a signature move, their Kurt Angle with the Kurt Angle lock. Bobby Lashley would just come right. out and he'll highlight his biceps and like his shoulder, his extreme. So everyone has that. So that's what would make them get more fights. That's what would make them right. get more merch sales, more right. branding awareness, right. more fan investment. So right. slight things, even him doing that, the branding of it's me again, the catchphrases and you right. capturing those moments yeah. and posting them. That's what's going to take him to that higher level yeah. and those videos and those clips even though they're short they're on Instagram those are going to live on forever yeah. as well and 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 I'm and getting feedbacks and a lot of I I do a lot of things and I'm behind a lot of brands and like I said I pour into people I don't speak of I, I I'm more of like behind the scenes of a lot of things you know like yeah. my family business like the I freak the lounge you know on Hill. you know we have that so, so there's a lot of things that I'm involved in but one of the major things that I realized too is like I don't tell people I'm behind that um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't like that. You know, because you know, it's like they say, what you do for people, you know, like, do it because your blessings is yeah. gonna come from. And, and you know, we bless each other in a sense. Thanks. But certain things that I've, you know, people actually said without knowing that I'm behind certain things, they're like, you know what I like about his brand now? You can connect with him. Mm -hmm. You get to see him. You you see, and that's why you know anything I catch, I catch him. Yeah, like I catch like your lifestyle, like. You know, when the state honored him, I was like, all right, we're going to get the governor. I'm a, you know, shout out, you know, um, or Enrique. Enrique. Well, Enrique and, yeah, Enrique. Yep. Enrique was Enrique. like, yo, Ivan, you know, let's let's set us up. Me and Enrique, we got together. I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Let's make it happen. Boom. We arranged the whole thing. We got the governor on board, this, that, and the next. And I was like, yo, we're going to document this. You know, Delgado's my wingman. I'm like, yo, Delgado, boom. You know, stand. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? I get everybody. I'm like, we're going to create, let, let people see this. And people start saying like, yo. I like that you're showing this moment. You know what I'm saying? Now, K-Verd, the whole K-Verdian, like K-Verd is a, you know, country, in, you know, on the West Coast of Africa, whatever the case is, that whole con that that whole country supports him. But K-Verdians are everywhere. And you know, Africans have a lot of babies. You know what I'm saying? You know, so yes, K-Verdians is everywhere. Yep. And they all support him. We created that narrative. We created that. So now anything he does, he has that support. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Financially, they might not be able to go to a fight. But that back end is there, you know, and I brand that, you know, everything he does, the Keyverdian flag, the USA flag, it's me again. Yep. Every Everything I post is literally strategic to like, this is me genuinely. Yeah. This I is what it. I am genuinely. So, you know, and I, I love, I love everything I do, bro. I honestly enjoy everything. I get excited. Yeah. I don't feel like I go to work when I'm a teacher. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm going to minister to that young man or that young lady that's facing abuse at home yeah. that nobody know of. Or that young man that has a brother that's a drug dealer, trap boy, killing people and tell him, yo, pick up the gat. Let's go do this too, bro. I'm pouring into that young man saying, don't do it. Yeah. I wake up every day going to do that. You know what I'm saying? We're right. situated the brand. When I make designs and I make content and I and I get these models, um, I don't say, oh my God, you know, I, or when I design, I'm like, yo, I'm going to create content. I'm going to put out outfits. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Because what I'm doing through this movement, hearing that guy's speech about how it inspired him to fight, there's going to be a purpose for this. That's how I move, bro. That's when I tell everybody, like, 
you want to hate on this person? I'm like, bro, don't do, do not never bring that word. We're not competition. This isn't a competition there's with this room brand. For everyone. Yeah, there's room for everyone. And what I'm doing, bro, I am literally in my fellowship. Everything I touch, I am literally when I go when I'm at the lounge, you know, I'm dancing. I'm having fun. I'm creating customer service. I'm talking to someone that's having a bad day at the lounge. How you feeling? What's going on? Pouring into them, talking. Mm -hmm. Bro, everything I do in my life is genuinely who I am because from coming from that ship, Whew. from coming from that, y'all seeing it. Coming from, com coming, coming from a vessel, you became God's vessel. That's what it is. And that's how I move. Yep. No, I love it. I love it. And perfect way to end it on a high because <laughs> I don't even got to ask him no specific like, <laughs> Uh, what's your what the struggles about like uh like those common questions I ask mm -hmm. like um what's the like people always say like uh as a Rhode Island you know what's the biggest struggle out of, he already talked about that it's like you yeah. you don't gotta think you don't gotta yeah. think about you know you're the smallest make it you gotta make it where you are mm -hmm. he touched base on everything this was an incredible conversation one of my favorite conversations uh, um big facts I, I I loved your energy you know and again just remind the people for those who haven't you know caught it yet where can they find you what is your entire you know if they want to reach out to Ivan Brooks or they want to maybe get in touch with any of your other things, even shout out the brands and like the at names for the brands yeah. as well. So um, <clears throat> first and foremost, the foundation of what I am, the music. <clears throat> music is, that's, you know, people say, what, 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 what makes you happy? Music is what makes yeah. me happy. When I'm in the studio creating, that's my happiness. So I've been on this musical journey for years. When one of these things do pick up one day is going to be a... <clears throat> ripple effect for everything else so my music oh, yeah. you know so now i've branched into like afro afro r&b vibe you I know saw that. yeah you know what i'm saying so like <clears throat> i have a single now i love me i just released we haven't done no marketing for it yet we literally just put it out there so we got a few support we're planning on marketing now in east africa we're mm. gonna start from the african market and we're gonna bring it back up north mm. you know i have a record called flowers which is like my story about you know the lyrics literally says like they never see the tears in the night when i cry you know mm. what i'm saying please life respectfully please hand me my flowers you know so i did flowers you know what i'm saying so like all these records the next one i'm about to release is called um i did that i love me next one is gonna be called try again whatever you go through in life try again so that's what my music represents so coming up we're gonna promote from east africa west africa etc to expand up so ivan brooks music on instagram <clears throat> youtube so that's what i'm gonna be doing with that situated a brand like i said we're about to um blend into our healing collection but if you if you don't know about the brand you know, just follow it. I'm situated. Um, I'm situated on Instagram. I am and then situated. Mm -hmm. And then uh, definitely uh, the website where we doing the brand. Because my website, for some reason, bro, I've done all these things, dope events, and my website was tweaking. Didn't mm -hmm. even know. Wow. You know, people would tell me, like, you go buy a $30 shirt when you check out. It was like, uh, it's like a coding thing. Like, I don't know, my website. Like like, glitch the, or something. the enemy. <laughs> ah! You go buy a T-shirt, $30. The checkout box, $1,000. Wow, the fuck, bro! I can never win. Like literally, it's been yeah. it's been crazy. Yeah. But I'm so blessed. People will hit me up and say, "Y'all come to your warehouse," and they will come and they'll buy like four hundred dollars worth of stuff right away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, so the new website we're structuring, we're putting it on um, Shopify nice. coming up. You know, nice. shout out Lynn for putting that in my head. She's like, "Yo, bro, go on Shopify." Shopify actually, what they do is when you have a business with them, they invest in you. Mm -hmm. Like they'll give you like a bonus of like. 10,000, 20,000, whatever the case is. So we're going to transport to tra um, Shopify. So that mm. way it's much of an easier thing. So I'm going to do a new campaign coming up for Situated. So I'm here today because I survive everything, but I'm healing. Mm. So if you see a lot of people, I'm going to bring you some stuff too. I'm going to bring you guys some stuff. So that. you're going to start seeing a lot of people because you know our models, they be outside. So you're going to see a lot of people wearing something called healing. You know, like how um, Essentials, Fear of God. Mm. 
right? So it was Fear of God, then it went to Essentials. So situated the brand, we're now going to our healing. So you're going to see a lot of people wearing the word healing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to try the trucker hats and whatever different vibes. So, you know, we're going to start our healing collection as well. And then with Boo Boo, like, you know, it, it's only up from here. You know, from the last, with the Devonta Davis, you know, card that we have, you know, everybody just pray for the man. Like I said, bro, like, really pray for him because he's, he's changing lives. He's sacrificing. He's really... He's really making sacrifices for his family yeah. and friends and everything. And the fights that's not happening is simply because these people have to say yes. So just pray. Pray that somebody says yes. Because we're doing everything. Y'all ready. Y'all we, ready. We are ready. He's training nonstop. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so that that's definitely going to be doing his thing. So, I mean, honestly, like, I appreciate you Most for love. bringing me and everyone. Appreciate in, you giving us your time. Yeah, right? anybody in Rhode Island that, you know, never heard of me or this is the first time or heard of me or whatever the case is. This is really who and what I am. You know, this is this any any way anyone wants to contribute to to what I'm doing, being part of situated. You know, like I said, the event is February 18th. Yep. This time we're going to dedicate this event to the youth. You know, February 18th, John Holt gets sturdy competition, a thousand dollar prize for the kids. We're going to crown the dance prince and dance princess of the city of Providence. So if your kids can get sturdy. Bring them. It's the first Saturday of their February vacation. You know what I'm saying? These Perfect. kids are going to be looking for certain things for to sure. do. And some of these parents can't escape, can't afford certain things. You know, we live in hard times. So this will be a day to come. And I'm trying to get as many people that can donate so we can give them free stuff, gift cards, whatever the case What's is. What's the location? Uh, John Hope. John, John Hope Sediment House. Okay, John yeah, Hope so, Sediment Yeah, so um, John Hope, if you know where John Hope is, just um, research it. And I thought you just kept shouting out. I thought John Hope. Oh, John, shout out John Hope too. You know what I'm saying, legend? John, John, John Hope. You know what I'm saying? No, but John, John Hope was going to be there. No, no, no. John Hope. But, but, you know, and that's what I'm saying. If John Hope, anybody's watching this. Any yeah. any legends, my brother there, you know John. any any legends within the city, bro. I my vision for it, and even with the gala and everything that I do, even with Boo Boo, my music, every, I always have this vision, bro. I'll be like, yo, I'm a vision. Is my team is like, you know, the girls are like, you're crazy. And honestly, the vision I have for this this event, like you know, shout out Institute for Nonviolence. They actually getting behind to the Equity Department, for Providence Schools. The governor is supposed to be coming through. You know, we, we're trying to get a lot of people coming. But my vision for this, I had literally said in the beginning, I was like, I want the Institute of Nonviolence. I want the governor. I want I want all the you know people like yourself and. I want I want everyone in the building that day where we can celebrate the youth. I got the big speakers coming. It's gonna look like a movie stuff. I want the recap. I hit up uh, Red Eye. You know what I'm saying, mm, Josh right and them. Yeah, uh, you know he said he's gonna hit up um, uh, uh, Flawless and everybody. Boo Boo's coming. Like you know what I'm saying. I just I have a vision for all of us there. Just literally celebrating the youth that day, the first youth day of the city, and we could do it annually. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love that. It's about unification, you know, with collaboration, like we stated earlier, throughout everything in music and also obviously in life, you know, that's where you get the best product, I believe, throughout collaboration, throughout unification, you know, love actually being visualized, tangible, and our version of love for Rhode Island and the city of Providence would be, you know, major collectives, major actual people that the younger coming up citizens of this city and state look up to, such as yourself, such as Boo Boo, such as us with this podcast, the YouTube channel, everything. We get, you know, fans every day. So uh, I would love to definitely, you know, Yeah, we, we, Rhode we're Island, there. we're dope. We are, bro, we, we're creating a culture. Like, people people from other states watch us. I have, people, I have people that watch us, you know, people watch you. Like, people are watching what we're doing out here, bro. Yeah. We, we, we are great, you know what I'm saying? And anybody watching this, I'll end it by saying this. Like, yo, whatever you want to do in life, just do it. You know, like, just do it. You want to do something, do it. If you want to create a brand, you want to, you know, you don't know where to start, contact me. Listen, like, I am literally, like, I'm blessed with life where people say, how do you do all these things? I don't know where time comes from, but I do it. You want to create a brand. You want me to help you with a brand name, uh, uh, help you create a logo. I have a graphic team. I'll do it for you for free. 
You know what I'm saying? I Like, that's the type of person, like, I literally want, because I always say like this, bro, life is short, right? If I was gone tomorrow, you know, in church, in Ebenezer Church, when um, we always have this thing where the pastors say when we're doing funerals, they say when God asks you, like, job well done, I forgot how they say it, but well done, my good and faithful servant. You feel me? That hits me every funeral. What have you done while you was here? Mm-hmm. And I take that to heart every day, bro. Like, I get emotional all the time when I say it because, like, I want to make sure my purpose and my gift, because I see people that haven't, that don't make it, bro. People that are battling, fighting illnesses, sickness, homelessness, bro. I have friends that are homeless. I just took a, a, a young man under my belt recently. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm providing him a job, you know, putting him under my belt, you know, really trying to help him from not going in the hood, you know, going in the hood and taking the, the wrong way. Yeah. Bro, like, I live a life where every day I'm looking for a way to, and I don't speak on it. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many, I don't speak on it because, bro, I want to leave this earth and know, like, I was able to serve my purpose. And I feel like anybody watching this, if you want to do anything in life, please do it. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. if you can help anybody, do it. You're not taking away your shine. Because even an example with Boo-Boo, mm-hmm. when Boo-Boo Rock situated, Oh, what about 18? Boop was like, that don't affect, <laughs> that don't affect 18. Like me representing situated or this, that, you know, cause you know, it's always people. It's yeah. people that's going to come they in your head. Bullshit. Yeah. Why, why are you, why are you showing this person love? Why, bro? No, mm-hmm. but do whatever you got to do in life. And I appreciate you for doing, continue bringing a person like me, you know, like on board, you know, I'm, I'm a person. I feel like I do what I do. I'm like, who's going to want to hear about, you know what I'm saying? But you say, no, look, you let the world know about what you do. I appreciate you for that. And let's just all keep coming together to do powerful things. You know what I'm saying? No, that's the goal. That's the goal. We appreciate everybody listening. Rhode Island to the world. Cap, we are out. And love. Try you let me for my ambition. Perfect. Ambition.